Hey, welcome back to Journey of the Modern Yogi. I'm your host, Adam. Uh, today's guest, we have Marianne Ames. Marianne is part owner of Bliss Yoga Studio in Monroe. Uh, she is an amazing yoga teacher, um, does fantastic breath work. Uh, she is a Reiki master, makes jewelry, um, an energy healer. She is a woman of many hats. Uh, she's pivoted many, many times uh, during this uh, the, these COVID times that we're in and has been very successful in all of her pivots, uh, whether personal success or monetary success. She's been, uh, she's been making it happen. Uh, we open our conversation in the midst of a conversation about cultural appropriation. Uh, didn't want to cut out that section, so it kind of starts in the middle of the conversation, but you know, we get right into it and go for about two hours. Uh, Love to talk with Marianne and probably could have talked for a little bit more. So enjoy the conversation. We'll see you on the backside. Maybe some of the words that my children wanted to use. It was important to me that my intention behind continuing that culture was was from a place of respect and understanding right right yeah, so like totally. it wasn't that i was just reciting some sort of bullshit but i had understood from from the family right. so I mean, yeah I, you I did your that. due diligence right i did that's what we need to do yeah and i think that's and that's where it starts to come into where you are you're the one that can convince yourself whether or not you're appropriating something mm. because you're the one that knows if you've really done the work to understand it or not nobody else can understand that right mm. even if even if i feel like you're stumbling through your attempt to explain your understanding of it, mm. you're still attempting to under you're still attempting to understand it. And through Absolutely. the explanations you gain the knowledge. Right. So that's where I start to think like the the attempt to gain the knowledge is the showing of respect for the knowledge being gained. Mm. And then it starts to become part of you and you can utilize that as long as you're still staying in accordance to whatever power that you you know, answer to, I guess, yeah. you know, as long as you can still hold your head high and say, you know what, I'm using this knowledge to the best of my abilities to help people and hold space and heal or whatever you're using it for. And you're not just monetarily fucking gaining yes. from that, right? You're yeah. also serving in that way. You know, something I mean, on topic, but kind of off. I remember Patty when she first came to teach Patty, here yeah, yeah. Um, and her, she being from strong Christian background, right. she would get some people that were Christian that didn't understand yoga and being like, how can you teach at this place? Right, Is yeah. this praying to you know other deities or whatnot? And right. so she actually brought that question to her pastor. Okay, cool. And her pastor said, with anything, it's the power of intent. It can be yeah. used for good or bad, pretty much anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is the intention of what you're doing at this studio? Right. What is what is your intention? What is the intention of the teacher that you're taking class from? And he said that is that is where it comes down to, you know. And I thought, God, oh, what a, what a, what a great way to explain it because. Yeah. I could be out giving coats to the homeless, which would be appear to be a good thing. But right. if I'm yep. doing it to take the pictures for the gram, mm, let's, which so many people do right, now, right, right? Let's take a peek yeah. as to really what that true intention is for. Totally, you know. And so I feel like with anything, and 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 I have made snafus in the past oh, where course, I've been yeah. like, okay, I got to apologize for that. Most definitely. But I think again, that's that's the power of intention and the power of coming back and trying to make a restitution in a sort of way. Right. To right the wrong that you didn't intentionally mean, but you did it. Right. To where you can continue to walk in integrity. Absolutely. Totally. Absolutely. That's what I say to anybody and everybody. We're human beings. We make mistakes. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's once we realize the mistake, it's then our responsibility to educate ourselves behind it. Right. To not try to make that same mistake. Exactly. I used to tell my staff sometimes, you know, it's like shit's gonna happen, we're gonna fuck up. 
that it's, it's not even a matter, right? The big thing now is how do we recover from it? Absolutely. It's all about the recovery from there, right? We're going to fuck up. We're going to say things we don't mean. We're going to do things that, that aren't intentional to us. You know, we're going to, you know, not show up the way we want it to not show up. Mm-hmm. And, but once you realize that you are in that space, the ability to apologize and to show up in the way that you did want to show up will make such an impact on the people around you mm-hmm. that, that lead by example kind of idea. You know, I, I agree 100%. And for those people that perhaps that doesn't speak to, well, then they're just not in the place for it. But right. but, but you owe it to yourself, right? Exactly. Doesn't, doesn't matter what everybody else, but you owe it to yourself to stand up in that sort of way. Definitely. And I think that's exactly where it's at. It's it's one of the things that I'm working on right now with myself and with other people that will allow me to give them this feedback is those little white lies that we don't mm. hold ourselves accountable to. Mm. Like, I'm going to work out later today and then I don't, right? I'm going to mm. eat healthy and then I don't. I'm going to go walk the dog and I don't. Right. They're little things. They're little things that we don't think that are making that big of a deal. But you are the only person that is going to be the most honest and truthful with yourself. And Mm -hmm. you're because you know when you're not being truthful. Mm -hmm. So if you constantly are are shedding these little white lies because of whatever justification that you have, because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, um, you don't want to tell your five year old you don't want them to help you build this framed of a house. Right. But you, instead of telling them why you don't want to, you just tell them, no, go play with something else. You don't give them the reason why. You're doing a disservice, and you're doing a disservice to your soul because that starts to eat away at you because you know that you're lying. Yes. Right? Yes. So it's those little things that start to add up and start to That's stack up. huge. And then we're just lying to everybody because if you could easily lie to yourself just like that, how easy is it for me to lie to you and then justify it? Well, I didn't want to. I wanted to save your emotions and didn't yes. tell you X, so I decided yes. to withhold it or I told you a fabrication of that story. Yes. I, I'm taking your ability to have a learning experience Absolutely. away. Right? Because Absolutely. Because now you, you're faced with some kind of knowledge that might be discerning to you or might be kind of jarring. And then you have an ability to show up as a human being in a kind of way, maybe a great way or maybe a way that you're not proud of but still a learning experience is being taken away from you because somebody else has deemed that their intention is more important than your emotion so this it's interesting that you talk about this in breath work um i try to do um a focus on um one of the eight limbs right um as we go through breath work and so a li- some some sort of a little lesson within the yamas and the yamas right. so last week was satya and okay. we talked about truthfulness and really what does that mean how does it break down yeah. how does it show up on your mat so it's it's lessons from the mat mm-hmm. that we then bring into our life yeah and i i, I love teaching that class it makes Man. my heart explode because breath is vital to what i do yeah as a human being, why I was drawn to yoga. But um, we talked a lot about satya Hmm. and really understanding what comes from satya and what it's about, not just basic and plain truthfulness, but but, but with with yourself. And then when you're able to be honest with yourself, it makes you fearless within the world and you step forward in that integrity. Definitely, definitely. And you know, that's I I love that statement so much because Mm. that's what I'm starting to realize. Mm. I have to marry and throw our headphones on. We just started into a conversation. We're jumping right into it, folks. God damn it. it. Yeah. But that's what I'm I'm working on right now is that is that, you know, the more honest you are with yourself, the more realistic you can be with your plans, right? Let's say like I'm, I'm trying to write a book right now mm. and uh, and I've got many ideas I'm trying to sift through and I, and I signed up for this 30-day book writing program. Monica mm. sent it to me and was like, hey, 
get your get your head out of your ass and start moving right and uh and so i'm like cool all right this is something you know it's it i i don't feel like i will be able to write a book in 30 days 60 days but this will give me a process Mm. and going into it with that understanding of like okay i'm going to utilize this this program for a process to help me get an understanding of how i want to write this book (laughs) but know that this 30 days is not realistic for me so i made that choice right away that's saying okay i like this idea but i don't buy into the full thing so i'm going to set my own parameters if i would have just said you know what cool i'm gonna write a book in 30 days right i'd be pissed off right now i'm probably not wanting to write a book again because now it's been 60 days well and you've lied to yourself I've lied and to you've myself. let yourself down totally. so you're building that pattern absolutely yep. i i feel like um in so many sorts of ways when you're able to um have an understanding of what your truth is, then you're able then to be truthful to yourself, which only builds more respect for yourself. It it gives you a better idea of truly who you are. Yeah. Right? So this is what I'm good with. And then it brings a place of honoring of self, Mm -hmm. which then elevates other people to want to honor and feel safe. Exactly. To be truthful yes, in that way. Because your soul can tell when other souls are being truthful. And then that, that oh, yeah. like there's like a draw to that, right? There's like this compassionate, like, hey, cool, like let's let's draw this together. Let's build on this honesty that these people are starting to create and see where we can go from there. You know, I feel like your your soul recognizes it. I think it's also um the vibration, right? Like I'm real big on on vibration right now. I feel like I anything I can bring in to Hell bring yeah. back to vibration, you know. But it's the same sort of thing when you're standing fearless and knowing who you are, you vibrate different. Right. And you naturally will bring those same sorts of like you said, soul recognizes soul, vibration recognizes vibration, right. bring it to you. Yeah. And then you're in that place. God, yes. Yes. And you know, and that's not to discount people that are on different vibrations not at all right because eventually just like just like clocks right you go into a clock uh, one of those old school clock stores that have all the pendulum swinging swinging mm-hmm. clocks and you put a new clock in there and I, for the first couple seconds it's off it's off it's not swinging but within like probably a minute it catches up mm. and everything starts to swing in alignment right and that's the same kind of idea you get some of those souls that are and i don't want to say misaligned because that's that's up to you to figure that out absolutely but when you start to draw yourself around people that have some kind of alignment and some kind of like focus that they've been working on and some self-work you kind of almost naturally fall in that pendulum swing of their their energetic levels right and so like being around like people that are start doing the work Mm -hmm. right that are doing the work and that's not to say the people that aren't doing the work aren't doing anything themselves but if we're around people that do the work it almost is encapsulating to you right absolutely i feel like um something that i will say to a client or to a friend is just that it's like the matrix right you just you can't unsee it so once you begin that sort of work Mm -hmm. it's not that you weren't working back then right but now it's peeled back now Mm -hmm. you can't go back you can't unsee it and then you fall into alignment at different times too, right? So right. like my soul might, you know, uh, elevate to this sort of level and maybe I'm hanging out here and and somebody else is here. It doesn't mean that, you know, five years down the road, we don't come back to that sort of place where we're in that vibration together. Yep. And being on different levels of vib- vibration isn't right or wrong. It, it just is. It just is, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, there's a guy named Ken Wilbur, um, mm. brilliant guy. He's probably one of our our era's like smart guys, right? Mm. Just like a brilliant dude. He's been thinking about a lot of shit. He's just got a really good head on his shoulders, and he's got this concept. I don't know if it's his personal concept, but he co- talks a lot about it. But he talks about it in the in the in the stages of our finding our path. You can call it enlightenment. Mm. You know, the the moments of samadhi, satori, mm. whatever. But he uh, so he he talks about um, this this four step process called wake up, clean up, grow up, show up, mm. right? And so 
you have awakening of some sort. And that just means that you have a realization about life that you didn't have before. It doesn't mean that you're an enlightened being and that you're going to fucking float on water and shit. But, yeah. you, you know, we have awakening moments all the time. Mind. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shit, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll float on some water. It's all good. All day. It's like a cat. It's like prancing about that bitch. <laughs> My cat does not prance on no, water. He's a Maine Coon, though. Right. They, that's, that's a giant they cat. They are heavy that's cats. a giant cat. There's no heavy. prancing happening there. No, they just lay. Yeah. And look pretty. <laughs> and look majestic. Right, exactly. Look upon me. Uh-huh. I'm beautiful. Yes. That's right. But so, um, so wake up, right? So we have our mm. moment of awakening. Uh, clean up. So during that awakening, we've like realized we're doing some mm. some some shit, right? And so we yeah. got some stuff to clean up, right? We're cleaning up our, our our space now. We're like, ah, I didn't you know clean up this this right corner in this room too yeah, well. I'm gonna clean that shit up. Stuff in there. Exactly. It's dark over there. You can't see it. Right. Yep. And then <sighs> while we're cleaning stuff up, we're growing up, right? Because we're cleaning mm. out all the stuff that we're now realizing doesn't fit our new mental process that we've entered into. So mm. we're cleaning it up. We're growing up. And then the last part of that is showing up because you can't just go live off in the fucking woods somewhere and be mm. walled in, right? Just yeah. like we, we romanticize about it. I do at least. Yeah. Go to the Himalayas. I'm just going to fucking live in the Himalayas, just meditate 10 hours a day and sleep and eat roots. And it kind of sounds good. magical. Sounds great. It really does. It really does, right? Some days when I've had enough of my kids, that's it. I'm headed to the Himalayas. God I've damn. had enough with you. That's why I just hope they wish. I, I wish God. they would just finalize this transport kind of oh idea, you know? God, so I can yes, just please. transport there, be there for an hour, and then come back and be back in the world. I'm going to be fine with that. I'm cool with that, I'm, right? I will get those, behind those, it. Those moments of escape, I need, you know, and I don't I want do to call too. it escape. Maybe it's uh, that because you know, like vipassana meditation, things like that. It's like I need that reset. That's you know? it for me. Need that fucking reset for me. I, I, I need I need the space to come home to myself. Yeah. So then I can then be home for other people. Otherwise, yeah. I'm just a messy ass house that nobody really wants to be in because it's chaos and shit swinging right. everywhere, and I don't even like to be there at that sort of place. Yeah. I just need that space. Yeah. And then I can come back. Yeah. It's Gosh. truth. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's good to know what those reset moments are for us. A lot mm. of times we don't know what our resets are. We just walk through life just like, fuck, man, I wish I could have a day off. I wish I could take a breath. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. Figure out your reset. I think that so many people um, have been taught to just stay busy. Mm-hmm. And that's their way of avoiding, right? Like right. we see it. We see it in class in the studios. We see it. Um, I Again, it's. I, I feel like I can no longer unsee it, but you see those people that are constantly moving. I was one of those people, oh, yeah. so, I, so I recognize yeah. it. Constantly moving to avoid sitting still with yourself. Right. Constantly moving because you think you have to, right? Because as a society, we prize constantly doing, constantly moving, constantly yep. achieving. And there's nothing wrong with being driven and goal-focused, but unless we purposely create the space to do nothing to simply be at ease with ourselves, and it doesn't mean you have to sit in the himalayas for 10 hours and meditate because right, right. i could not do that well <laughs> like, that would not fill my 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 yeah. soul is what i would say right, exactly um but finding that time to sit and be at ease with yourself is is priority because mm. then because then you got to feel some shit right and that's where the work that's, That's where, where the work, work happens. Yep. I was just telling my 12 year old the other day, we were um, driving somewhere. You know, I pick them up with their parents or their mom and mm. stepdad's house a couple hours away, you know. So typically there's like tablets involved in the car and phones and shit. Yeah. And Harper, my daughter, was talking about how she was complaining how she forgot her tablet. She's like, oh, I don't have my tablet. I just have my phone, blah, blah, blah. And then we had a conversation about like, just figure out how to be bored mm. and be okay with it. 
right? Be okay with sitting there and either finding something to do or sitting in your nothingness. Mm-hmm. And be okay with that shit because some of the best ideas come when we have a clear mind and we're bored and we're trying to figure something out to think of and do. It's like, oh my God, there's that thing that just popped up, right? So if she can figure out how to, how to de-stimulate herself at 12 years of age and not have to worry about what's on YouTube to, to entertain her, you know, then she'll go outside and maybe look at ants. Yeah, go play with some crickets and shit, you know, go make some mud pies or something. I don't fucking know. I'll tell you, my my mom, and um, I hated her back then, <laughs> but I'm loving you now, mom. Yeah. But um, she would lock the doors on me and my siblings oh, on Saturdays. And I mean, I remember like pressing my face against the door wanting <laughs> to get in because I just wanted something to eat. But, you know, I mean, for hours and, and probably my young mind is is exaggerating it a lot but right. i remember like really just want to go inside the yeah. damn house like mom i get it sorry to come inside that was it but but no so like we had acres and i would go down and i built like little fairy or little little fairy um uh, huts and i would awesome. dam up our creek and i yeah. imagined seeing sprites all over and i would mark where we were and, and all of our acreage and i learned about the land and learned about being by myself and learned about being creative and right. it, it 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 really is i feel like at least like I think about for COVID for me being forced to slow down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I had already been exploring slowing down and finding the pause and, right. and, and finding that sort of reset. But that's when in those moments where we are not with a tablet or with a phone, right. sitting in those sorts of places, it gives you that time to recreate uh, so much and to get your best ideas. Yeah. It's in those places where you're uncomfortable, right? We talk about that. Oh, it's so uncomfortable to not do anything. I'm bored. I don't right. want to touch that. Yeah. That that we are able to find some things that have been yearning to get out. Yeah. Well, I think that might have been one of the biggest things that, that caused dis-ease in the mm. beginnings of COVID was that we're, we were all forced to slam on the brakes. Yeah. I guess 90% of us, there were some oh, yeah. essential workers. But, you know, for the majority of us, we were forced to slam on the brakes. And like you mentioned earlier, as soon as we have the moment to take a breath and slow down and be with ourselves we might realize how not happy we are because we've just yeah. been going and going and going and, and blaming our our dis-ease and our unhappiness on, oh, I'm stressed out, I work too much, I got to cart the kids around, I got a ex, you know, I got a husband, I got a wife, mm-hmm. I got all these things in life. But once COVID hit and we didn't have those external factors to blame anymore, like I don't, like before online mm-hmm. schooling happened, right? When mm-hmm. we literally were just by ourselves in our fear, I think a lot of us like, we're like, holy shit, I'm... I'm fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, as somebody that holds space for healings, um, I've been, I've been contacted by quite a few people now that are ready for their healing to start and ready for their journeys. You know, and I think, you know, you're probably in the same boat. And we talked about this before. Absolutely. There's so many people that are looking for healing. And I, and I can see part of it is like the fear and anxiety of the world that just happened and all the shit that we've just gone through. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it too, is people finally got slow enough to take a breath and be like, I'm fucking so not happy right now, and mm. I don't know what to do. A- a- absolutely. I feel like, one, like you were saying, so it is the collective weight during that time that many people, because yeah. they'd already been so deep in their own shit, then they felt the shit of the collective on their shoulders. But I do, I, I think you're right, within that sort of space of slowing down and sitting with yourself, Yeah, I think that... Um, one, the beautiful thing is that it, it really gave you a, a clear idea and perspective of, of what you wanted to prioritize. And then 
for a lot of people, it gave you the freedom to come back and you know, like some people, they have that great idea that they want to move away to a different city and reinvent themselves. Totally. I will choose to stand. I right. will no longer be married. I'll be a median. You know, <laughs> right, I don't know. Exactly. You know what I mean? But right, something, yeah. right? So uh-huh. I'll show up as a different person because here's this great time to reinvent myself. Right. Yeah. And I think some people, myself included, mm-hmm. in those quiet spaces of having to sit with myself and recognize some things that I had been doing that were not serving my soul that I was just doing because I thought I had to do. Right, yeah. Um, coming back gave me the gift of growing and expanding, apologizing to myself right. and to others and moving way and moving in ways that didn't serve myself, that didn't come from a place of self-love. Right. But I was able to in some sort of ways reinvent myself and change some of the scripts that I had told myself so much and then to really prioritize, right? Yeah. So get rid of the bullshit stories and titles and things that we thought we had to do right yes exactly because we in the end truly we did not have to do those things there were choices we made we just decided to keep on with the choice that's exactly it we just continue to repeat yep until we don't yep one of my favorite quotes a boss told me and i want to say it was in what book is it in it's in the book called um Illusions, uh, the story of a reluctant messiah. I believe mm. it's, it's a Richard Bach book. He also wrote um, Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Oh, okay. Great book. Yeah. Ill- Illusions is a great book also. But Illusions, yeah, this is the, the where the quote comes from. But he says, uh, one of the main characters says, um, and I'll paraphrase it, but when you uh, if you fight for your limitations, you're going to win an unfortunate battle. Mm. Right? So if you're always going out there and saying, hey, look, I'm horrible at public math. Mm. Look how shitty I am at math. Look at how shitty I am at spelling. Look at how tore apart my life is look at how out of shape i am right if you keep fighting for that moniker you're gonna win and that fucking sucks absolutely change your verbiage with yourself because one of the things the biggest things for me was changing the way that i talk to myself Mm. right changing the 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 ideas in my head and then changing that thought process as well right so instead of like oh i'm such a piece of shit for forgetting this you know it's like okay hey i messed up inhale i love myself exhale thank you Mm. right do that a couple times like it's cool man shit happens we're gonna fuck up but if you beat yourself up, it's kind of like what we were talking about with those white lies earlier. Mm-hmm. You're your biggest fan. You're your also biggest critic. Absolutely. If you constantly tell yourself you're a piece of shit and that you suck and that you're forgetful and that you're doing all these things, you're going to believe it because you don't trust anybody like you trust yourself, whether you believe it or not. Your subconscious mm-hmm. is like, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I'm horrible. I'm suck at everything. And I'm just going to go sit here in the corner now. Absolutely. Words, when we're speaking to ourselves, or even if we don't speak them, right, because we're hearing it. Exactly. They're spells. Yep. Right? So Ooh, I like that. It, spells. It, it, it's powerful. Yeah. I really, truly believe that to be the yeah, truth. Yeah. You know, last night my son was saying, um, he was sitting on the couch, and he just got this new Mustang, so he's feeling pretty. Oh, pretty, uh, Christian. Christian. So he got his second, second, second Mustang. Mustang. Oh, yeah. That boy him. is, yeah. He's uh, he saved up. He paid cash for it. Oh, that's so um, great. He uh, he didn't get a haircut for like months because he was oh, even that tight on oh, his money. Him. All I, was, right. I was really proud of him. But um, he's like, oh, mom, you know, I'll be lucky if I make it to forty. And I was like, ah, watch your words. Right, right. And he goes, no, with the way that I do this, I just maybe 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 I'll be lucky if I make it to thirty. I'll just be really happy. And I was like, ah, do not speak out right. and even don't even think because you hear it. Unless you want to make it happen. Right. Because your words are spells and, and you are a powerful manifester. Right. So don't say something. And I realize COVID, and I think I've shared this maybe with you, I certainly have with Monica, that for the longest time, um, I told myself, and I don't know if I made up this story or if these tapes were fed to me or okay. or if I assumed, right? So right. I'm like, don't ever, don't ever assume that I was not creative. 
I always mm. told myself, Marion, you're not creative. Interesting. I've, and I've always said that. Wow. Okay. Um, and it, and I suppose, um, I mean, I know some of the places that it came from. I remember I was in college and um, I was really into writing poetry. And I remember I got a really bad critique from okay. one of my professors. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's it. I'm done. Bye. Never going to write know, again. Right, right. And, and, and I didn't. Oh, which is which is bullshit. Yeah. Um, and um, same with I did was doing watercolors and I got a bad critique and I was really? like, oh, okay. you know, so who would have thought I would have been that fragile? But anyways, yeah. I told myself that story that I was not creative. And um, it was in the moment when I was um, in the Mala workshop. This is a real pivotal moment for me. And the Mala workshop was like one week before COVID right. hit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, I the first few, I mean, I was struggling. I was pissed off at that motherfucking beat. Yeah. Shove it through the damn cord. <laughs> you know, and I was over here just sweating and everybody's just smiling and yep. chatting. And have I was like, you motherfucker. And yeah. I, and, and this is my motto. <laughs> I like to have a good time, but I, I must work first. Right. Because right. that's how I it raised in my family. That's work ethic is priority, which I have worked to shift a little bit more because it's not always kind. Yeah. Your work ethic is fucking crazy. But it's not always kind though. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm yeah. trying to balance it. Good. But, um, Monica said something, and without 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 no, without saying Marianne, but I knew she was talking to me. <laughs> she said, "You know, um, bring bring the bead to the cord rather than push the cord through." And I was like, "What is this mumbo jumbo yeah. shit she's trying to sling to me? She's just trying to relax me here, you know." And I was like, "Okay." That became my motto: bring the bead to the, you know. And and pretty soon I was doing it. it took me three hours, okay. but right. but I but I but I did it. And and probably ten minutes into it, I was still angry. I was like, "I am going to do this forever. I yeah. love this because this is challenging me, and I can, you know." And truth be told, COVID hit. I was extraordinarily depressed and really, really deeply struggled. Right. It was returning to the meditative quality of bringing the bead to the cord. So yeah. feeling the vibration of the crystals, mm -hmm. the, the beads, breathing and finding a flow and a rhythm. And go. I'm constantly in search yeah. of of flow and rhythm and breath. That's kind of the theme of my life, right? Cool. Like yeah. if I can find something to anchor me to the earth, which was the crystals, mm -hmm. the vibration of the crystals. So that anchored me. Yeah. I then I felt safe that I could then flow. And it it was it was without any exaggeration, the saving point for me, because it brought me out of a place. I remember phoning Monica and telling her how bad my anxiety, and I hadn't had um, anxiety attacks in probably 20 some odd years, because okay. I had found breath right, yeah. through um, Parvanyasa, but um, I had not had an anxiety attack in 20 some odd years, and I was having them regularly in the beginning. Oh, Hard time man. breathing, I'd yeah. have to hold, I'd have to go outside. My anger was swelling because I would get anxious. Yeah. And it was putting the bead, bringing the bead to the cord bead and creating cord. a beautiful mala, feeling that, yeah. that one, it brought me stability, but then it brought my belief back. And so I flipped the script. Mm -hmm. I am creative. Yes. I create. Um, I, 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 I am artistic. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it just exploded on all these things that I had always told myself I couldn't do. I'm a plant killer. Remember, I told I myself, told I'm just, I'm just gonna bring my plants home to kill them. Yep, you know, totally. Yep. 
and and I I was a smother mother, right? But it 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 just exploded from there. Yeah. And now you're just like plant mom. You got plants all over the place. I love my plants. I was going to tell you, there's one type of plant, though, that I have not been able to figure out how to keep alive around here. I can't remember which one. It's a succulent of sorts. But everyone that you've, that you've brought in here, no matter what kind of water treatment or place for the light, I just can't keep it alive. So I don't know what it is. Which but I have su- to, you don't know which succulent it is? So outside this, this door, you have yeah. that three-wall hanger yeah. that used to be in here. Oh. It's the one on the far right. Okay. That... That one is an asshole. I don't know what's up with that. It's it like is, a succulent. I'm like, it. So I remember when I first started doing plants, and everybody's like, oh, succulents are the best. You can't kill them. You can just ignore them forever, and they're fine. Fuck you, man. Because, yeah. like, I used to kill yeah. succulents, and yeah. I felt like just a, I was like the terminator of plants, right? <laughs> just fucking laying them out <laughs> left and right. That's it. You done. see that body yeah. over there? That body, there's 15 crumbled against the wall. <laughs> so, yeah. like, and so it, it took me a while to get plants in general but finally i got succulents i'm like all right cool i got this this succulent again like it just reminds me of when i was just learning plants and oh, i got everything God. wrong i've killed like yes. i think three of these now that you've brought in i just feel so bad <laughs> my plant dealer sees it and she's like let me just take it home and i'll get you something different but i think she keeps giving us the same one i think there's a lesson there there is i gotta i gotta figure this I out, figure I'm, out not, I'm, not, I'm not talking to this one right <laughs> maybe you know it's you you sent me that video of of of, of <laughs> The little plant is like, oh, don't look at me that direction. And then the the, the plant owner takes a look and the plant's all, all and it's dead. So my plant dealer yeah. um, gave me these two beautiful um, philodendrons. And uh-huh. I thought I was the shit of the philodendrons, right? Okay. Like I got moonlight philodendron over there. I got the Birkin philodendron. I am... I am raising yeah, yeah. some some philodendrons really really well. Totally. And so she um, she's like, oh, you got to have. I think it's Prince of Orange or I don't know some magical name like that. But it's just this it's this orangey kind of philodendron. I will tell you what I have moved it in every corner of my house. <laughs> I, I have a I have a sick plant room because when I was okay. learning, yeah, I was yeah. learning, you know. So I have a little sick plant room, That's you know. A great idea. I do what I can, you know, switch, you know, just enough and and. Um, after like five weeks, like mm-hmm. it's it's looking good. I just repotted it and put it in a different. Now I'm waiting to go home and see it like with its eyes closed and dead and right. stuff. I, <laughs> I did. I had a big talk with it before I left the house this morning. Right, I was yeah. like, I was like, you're looking good. It's a good spot. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm becoming plant mom. I'm a little little bit obsessed. A little bit of time. But again, feeling the vibrations of the plant. Right. Feeling the connection to Earth. Do you remember um, our first? Um, Europe Bliss. And do you remember when we had the ZZ plants um, in Studio 2? I do, yep. And mm-hmm. I have a picture of it. Do you remember when it was breathing against oh, the... Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. It was freaking magical. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was my first... T- well, not my first time. That was... Well, that was my first time seeing a plant breathe in that sort of way. Right. Um, but my first time thinking, God, I really want to be good with plants. I really want to not bring them home and kill them. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm not there yet. But it was so magical to see, yeah. you know, that. And then Robin taught me how to be able to see plant auras, which was freaking fantastic. Yeah, there's a Curlian, Curlian or something. There's a type of photography. It starts with a K. It's Curlian, K-I-L-I-R-A-N or something like that. Um, but it's the uh, uh, this guy with the last name, the same name, Curlian, accidentally discovered aura photography. So he, oh. that's a, it's a type of aura photography where you take pictures of like plants, animals, whatever it is, and it, it'll show their aura. I I really gotta great. find that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you like I oh. will actually leave links in the show notes. That's, Boom. That is amazing. Go. Yeah. Good stuff. That would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. But yeah, I I am I am becoming. Um, 
one with the plants. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I and I'm honored that. to take care of your plants. Seriously. Actually, after this conversation, I'm going to water all the plants. That's, that's what I I think ever, even new students. Oh, yeah, that one teacher. I haven't taken his class that he's the he's the green thumb that everybody talks about. I was like, yeah, that's Adam. Adam, Mr. Green Thumb is what, is what we call you. That's, that's your nickname now. We just call you Mr. That. Green instead Mr. of like green. Mr. Pink or Mr. White. Yeah, I'll be Mr. Green. You'll be yeah, Mr. Green. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good, a little, right? little uh, Reservoir Dogs that's reference right. there. Hell yeah. A little resurrection yeah, there. Man. Yeah, I appreciate that. No, it's Mr. Green. Hell yeah. We're going to drop the thumb. That, so you just be Mr. Green. Mr. Green. You know, that covers a lot of different monikers for me, too. I feel like you know? it does. I think, that's... <laughs> I think we're on to something. There's some magic exactly, there. Exactly, yes. <laughs> if, uh, if you want any of those stoner conversations, I do also another podcast called Zen and Not Zen. So you're welcome to check that one out, too. Isn't that more. when you guys talked about, like, different sorts of sauces for french fries oh yeah totally yeah, we have a whole whole oh episode on french fries that is magic yeah. robin and i both used to work in restaurants <laughs> we have an ungodly amount of knowledge of restaurant food and knowledge oh. of like systems and shit just weird stupid stuff so it's it's good fun to talk about but french fries that's french fries you can't go wrong i spent french an fries. entire day one time tasting french fries which i thought was going to be the best day of my life <gasps> like i was like oh i get to go to a yeah. test kitchen and eat french fries yeah. all day Man, I think it was the fourth the fourth round of French fries in. I felt like a dirty grease ball and wanted to just go work out. I was so just like... I think I'd probably have to get to like the 17th or oh 18th round. We were there for three hours tasting oh. French fries and fried foods. And were these like different kinds of French yeah, fries? Yeah, like oh, okay. stealth fries, steak fries, Ooh. shoelace fries, uh, confetti fries, sweet potato fries, you know, steak, sweet potato yeah, steak fries, yeah. all fries, all kinds of shit. I mean, I felt like Bubba Gump, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like, good, yeah. <laughs> I'll have this Cajun French fries. Oh my god! You know, I just found out. Actually, I was talking to someone the other day. Just super side tangent, but um, two actors that tried out for Bubba Gump's part. Now, yeah. Bubba Gump, if you're not familiar, is a uh, uh, Forrest Gump's. Yeah. You know, he's in the Forrest Gump movie. And um, so, Tupac read <gasps> for the art, read for the part of Bubba Serious? Gump, and Ice Cube. Both read for the oh, part of Bubba Gump. Both, like two of my. I mean, oh my if God. you've been to one of my classes, you've heard him at least two times in the class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not breath work though, because you know Tupac, as slow as he is, well, maybe with his cadence, you can you make could, it work. Yeah, you I can get it. Into, I, I don't think Ice Cube really would work oh, in breath work. Man. Yeah. Oh, serious. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you see Bubba Gump as like Ice Cube, it'd be great. Yeah. I feel I like they need to, to s- recreate that. I would, yeah, I would love to see like the uh, the, the 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 demo reels, right? Somebody probably oh recorded that somewhere. You know? Have you ever seen Saturday Night Live where they where they where they'll, um, they have like a skit on recreation of demo reels and they have like crazy ass people like no, I don't think playing. I've seen those. It's good. It's oh good. My God. It's good. Awesome. You go, yeah, you got to watch it. They ah. have like a. Um, like a holiday one too, and yeah. that, which is even better. Yeah, you got to watch those. Oh my god, I think Tupac would be amazing. Oh my god, I would love that. I just love that. Uh, so we, yeah. uh, I know we just got it. Really, just jumped into the conversation, we did. and uh, and I just love that sometimes because I think that just normalizes shit. You know, I we don't so. have to have introductions and all that bullshit. But uh, the lovely lady sitting across from me is Marianne Ames. She is the owner of uh, part owner of Bliss mm-hmm. Yoga Studio in Monroe. Um, I've known Marianne for about five years now, six years, six, somewhere in there. Yeah, six, I think. And, uh, and I mean, pretty much from day one, it's like, okay, cool. You're in my life now. We're yep, awesome. That yep. was it. We're just going to, you're, you're, <laughs> you're a family. student, I'm a teacher. Eventually yeah. we're teaching together and then eventually I'm teaching at your studio that you own, right? Yeah. And it's just like, this has been such an amazing ride. Um, I can't see, I mean, in the past 10 years, I can't see a, a place in this Pacific Northwest that needed a yoga studio more mm. than Monroe. And for you to just be there, right place, right time, uh, this th- this studio has been just a godsend for myself. 
uh, to get me out of my yoga comfort zone in my little area that I like to yoga in because mm-hmm. this is a little like 20 miles away. Yeah. But for the people in this area and the students that we have and the, the feedback that you give and that you get, this was a long time coming for this area and it was exactly what it needed. A- ab- absolutely. You know, we, um, we talked about it. So uh, as a side note, my business partner, um, this is where her and her husband lived mm-hmm. and um, I had I had never been to Monroe. Sorry, I had never been to Monroe. I was from Snohomish, right? So I stayed in Snohomish and Lake Stevens, and yeah, yeah. But I, but I had never been to Monroe. And um, when we uh, graduated from teacher training, my goal was always um, to go right into owning a studio. Right. Um, And um, so she took me here to Monroe, and we're like, "That's it. We're going to find a place." And we had looked, and and um, it was really important that we went in with a certain sort of intention. Yeah. Um, and so we really like we're in love with this building. This was where we wanted to go, and for the longest time, they weren't going to rent to us. But I, but we just didn't want a space, you know, someplace else. It just needed to feel more intentional because yeah. it was important that we had both the fiery side and the nurturing side, right? Because that's 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 best of both get the balance that's exactly totally, it yeah and um i'll tell you um the day before we had our kind of sneak peek mm-hmm. um and we had been working long nights getting this ready and we were we were behind because we opened up and it was just crazy it's an old building yeah and um i went to go pick up um teriyaki food and i'm in line there and um i'm looking around and i was like oh man i don't know if they're ready for us you know, and I kind of, so for the first time yeah. in that nine month, 10 month process, doubt crept in. And I hadn't mm. let doubt crept in before. I just followed, like, this is where we're supposed to do. I feel very much aligned. I know this is supposed to be. So for yeah. the first time, and that would make sense that maybe it would finally creep in. Yeah. And I remember going to bed that night and I couldn't sleep. It felt like Christmas morning, but thinking, oh my God, are they ready for us? <laughs> and um, when we opened up our doors, I couldn't have been. Um, I, I couldn't have been more surprised, more honored, more happy. Was it? I wouldn't have been more surprised if I would have woken up uh, in the desert with my with my head stapled, right? Like yeah. I, I don't know, it's from Christmas Vacation, <laughs> right? Um, it's my dad's favorite line. Awesome, with Love my that. head stapled. But anyways, um, students coming and rushing in like we yeah. sold out of legacy we sold out of brand new memberships people coming in saying we've been waiting we're so excited thank you so much we can't wait we have yeah. you back just invested before we even and we were behind in construction so it's why we had our sneak peek that week because we were supposed to open right and and the outpouring of love and support from this community and it's been that way since since we barely opened up our doors with dust all over to where we are now through covid i mean it was yeah. our community that kept us alive through covid um our our steady um consistent um teachers it's just been um it was meant to be, yeah. right? Like, oh, there's yeah. no such thing as luck. Luck is luck is bullshit. Right. It's it's a uh, um, synchronicity. Synchronicity. You know, it was, there you go. It was meant to be. Yep, you're right. Where you you had the plan, you had the execution. Yeah. There's bumps in the road. Oh but yeah, that's, we that's we, totally that's we gonna be there. stumbled. We are humans. We make so many mistakes. You know, and thank and thank goodness that uh, that we make mistakes, right? Because because yeah. perfect is bullshit. Like that's why I tell students in class when they're like, you know. I'm in search of balance. Well, first and foremost, balance is bullshit, yeah, right? Because because right. everything changes day to day. It's 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 you, right? So we talk about all that we can do is be responsible for ourselves. Right. So it's it's your internal equanimity while all the bullshit happens yeah. around you. Yeah. I had a private client yesterday, and um, and he's a um, 
an uh, actor, dancer, mm. uh, probably I think he's in his 60s and he's gone through, he's had a, he's recovering from a car accident from about 20 years ago mm. where he crushed his pelvis and um, had to have a knee replacement. Oof. And so, you know, definitely a road back, right? Yeah and, yeah. and the frustration that I can only imagine that he's going through because he, he's a dancer, so he knows his body really well, you know, especially if he was a professional dancer right. or actor, he, like you've got to know your body really well. Yeah. So the abilities that he once had are now not really there because of the crushed mm. pelvis and the replaced knee. So he's learning how to get back. And so my messaging with him was, you gotta be kind to yourself, man. Like yeah. you might have in your head and you might still be able to get back to some of these poses that you once did. But what I'd like you to do is start to exercise and explore what your modifications are yes. now and take those, those past ideas out of your head for this moment, mm. right? Focus on what you can do, not what you used to be able to do and let that be your drive. Right. Mm. Be kind to yourself. Be soft. Right. Don't just like if you were a dancer and you have a crushed pelvis and you try to go into dancer pose, that's going to be really challenging for you. So here's a strap. Here's a block. Mm. Do it on your back, for God's sakes, yes. you know. And and so just really getting him to understand that it's there isn't a textbook pose anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And there even mm-hmm. wasn't one in the first place. Yes. Like if you think about and I'm not going to talk shit about Bikram, but I do have like <laughs> one one story that I like to, to show or to talk about is, um, uh, you know, because with Bikram yoga, it's, it's very much about the pose and there the is a perfectness yes. of it. Right. And there's, and that's so counterintuitive because our bodies are all put together differently. Absolutely. So you could take a person like Bikram that is very, very on top of like whatever alignment that he's working mm. on. And to the point of he'll mock you and, and belittle you if you're not in that, mm. right. Sitting on his ice throne. Yeah. And so my so the idea is that like so the very first the very first book i think that that bikram put out about bikram yoga mm-hmm. there's a picture of him on the cover and a woman in um what would be considered trigonasana triangle pose but it yeah. looks more like a side angle pose for yeah. vinyasa right bent front knee arms open wide little lunge you know kind of thing the ideal quote unquote ideal posture is you have your front knee stacked on top of your ankle so you line up the bone and you have that stacking well if you look at the picture her knee is protruding so far past her ankle that it's touching uh, it's past her front big toe which we all know now that puts a lot of stress in your patella and it's yeah. terrible for it yeah right but so but i guess what the point is is like there is no perfect posture because even no. the person that said he knows what perfect postures were put the wrong posture on the fucking book cover of his first fucking book that he put out to the goddamn public saying that this is the perfect posture I- Absolutely. You know, I think that, and I, I think that, that that can be a misnomer for a lot right. of people, right? Like yeah. w- within yoga. I know for me, that was something that, um, I, I, so you know my story. Do you want me to explain a little bit of my story? Yeah, let's hear your okay. story. Okay. Yeah, give, give us your story. Okay. So, um, so 21 years ago, um, right. I discovered yoga, right? So, um, and I discovered it as a new mom. I had um, my oldest, Alana. Mm-hmm. Um, she was wiggling on a mat next to me, and I popped in the VHS. Yeah, dated go. myself. That's go. right. Ah, yeah. Pop what, it in. Do you remember who the, who the instructor was? Oh, yeah. It was Baron Baptiste. Oh, Baptiste. Okay, yep, got it. Baron Baptiste. Okay. Power, power yoga. And um, prior to that, um, I had never really had any experience with yoga. Okay. Um, and um, I was a, a woman of size. So I was probably, uh, for most of my adult life, and, and a lot of my childhood I was overweight, but as an adult, I would say um, that I was at least 100 to 150 pounds overweight Okay. up till about nine years ago. Okay. And so I had never really been accepted. Now, so this is 21 years ago, very different than it is now. Yeah, I've never really been accepted. And let me actually rephrase that. 
perhaps I was accepted. Perhaps it was me that never accepted myself. And so perhaps I put that on other people. Right, right. So I have to correct that. I, I, I appreciate that. And I and I think if anything, that, that will give other people a chance to understand that, you know, it's it's in us. <laughs> The, it's the insecurities, the the the, the criticalness, the, upset, the, crit- it's the all judgment, the yeah. judgmentalness. I, I, I was, I was, and I still have to continue to be very conscious right. now of no longer being that person for myself. Good. Um, so um, I didn't feel comfortable to step forward in any place else. So I took my practice. Plus, I had a new baby right on the mm-hmm. mat, and um, for the first time in my life as a human being. Yeah. Um, I felt alive in my body and I didn't feel the weight Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel the stigma and I didn't hear the critical voice. What I heard was my breath and the words equanimity was a, was a word that spoke to me so much. So I have it tattooed on my arm since I was 27 years old. Like that's, and that's been something that I've always gone in search of. And I've realized that it, it is, it is within me, right? I, I get to make that choice. Yeah. Um, but um, 17 years ago, um, I was in a car accident, yeah. and it was um, three weeks before I was supposed to go to teacher training, and um, I broke my pelvis and broke my nose and a couple bones in my face, and right. it's pretty, it pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, but I long recovery, so I slept in a recliner for like 10 and a half years of my life. Holy cow. I don't and think I, I knew that part of it. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, was, it was rough. It was I was in pain. Pelvis, just pelvis to, yeah. and then horrible pain down my sciatica, Oof. and I was, it was... It was it was bad. I was yeah. in excruciating pain. I remember one point in time, like looking at my husband and saying, "I don't think I can do this day in and day out. Right. This is horrible." And um, <clears throat> it was bringing. Oh, and I so obviously I didn't go to teacher training. Yeah. Um, and I stepped away because I thought, well, I can never do yoga again. I can't look the certain posture. Right. I certainly can't align things as, as I'm cued to align them. What, who, who do I think I am that I could even teach it? Right. I, I can't practice it. So I went into lifting and, and bicycling and um, still hurting, but, but went through all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> yoga, brought yoga back into my life at the gym, but never believed that I could step foot in a studio. Right. Nobody told me I couldn't. That was my that own. Was Those, that yeah. was my own script, right? right? So um, I finally got into a studio um, and um, hated Hatha. Okay, I'm just. I don't know why I'm whispering it. <laughs> Hatha is a beautiful practice. It really is, and I adore teaching it. Right, right. It is. It is a discipline that I take it. I take it twice a week now. Oh, good for you. Okay. And I probably will grit my teeth and maybe growl a little bit a few times. Right. Yep. Um, but. Um, but it is discipline and it is necessary. Um, <laughs> taking it and 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 hated it. Yep. But 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 it but it is what I did. And um, took my first vinyasa class at a studio from you. That's right. Yeah, I remember uh-huh. that. Yeah. And um, I remember being like, "Oh, this dude is amazing because he laughs in yoga." Because I was always getting in trouble for laughing. I remember you told me that was our <laughs> first conversation, right? I was always getting in trouble for laughing, and I thought, "Okay, he's laughing. He brings yeah. joy and lightheartedness. There is space for me here." Totally. And that's how it was from you saying to me, "We need teachers like you. We need people who um, aren't doing it how it." Is supposed to look. We need people who are real in their body, who feel it, and who move through it. Right. And um, I think it was like three weeks before teacher training that I went ahead and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Totally. And it had been a dream for you know years. at that time, four, fourteen years yeah. that I never thought I could return back to. Um, and it you very you very much aligned. You you spoke into me, right? So I talk about pivotal people in my life. You have been a teacher for me in many situations. 
Monica also. And mm. so, it, so it is unique, yeah. right? And it, it, it's just unique how it shows up. But you spoke into me exactly what my soul was so, hard, so much trying to say to me. But you gave me the freedom and the courage to say, you know what, I am going to show up as I am. Right. And it's going to be okay. Um, and that's that's where bliss, I mean, that's, that's what bliss was for. I, I always say, like, it's for the people that are, you know, are on the outside, pressed against the window, looking and wanting so badly to fit in, but that, right. that, that in their mind's eyes, they don't, whereas they they fit in like yep. they're they're meant to be you know it's 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 um and i we still have some students here that are like is this how this is supposed to look well i don't know how does it feel right right oh okay well i feel am i supposed to feel it here well i don't know where where do you feel it right you exactly. know and that's and supposed to is just a it's a tough word it, it's, it, it's like that two words supposed to it's like oh that's yeah, subjective that's very subjective that's exactly it you know so um I don't know. I think I got off on a tangent about oh, poses, the tangents. poses love and shit the tangents, yeah. and, and, and all this I, you stuff. Know, I, uh, we, were, we, were, we did a uh, um, uh, workshop a couple weekends ago here. And uh, and that was a, it was alignment and modifications. Mm-hmm. And that was a question we got quite a bit was, is it supposed to look like this? It's supposed to, like, we had to stop the bus and say, okay, I need you to take that phrase out of your vocabulary. Yes. Supposed to, done. Yes. Out of there, right? How does it feel? How do you use the land with you? Mm. Are you feeling engaged? Do you feel stable? If not, fucking change it. Absolutely. Change it to fit your body. Absolutely. And be okay with being in that pose. You know, that's it, it's part of why I don't teach on my mat. Um, <clears throat> because, um, one, I feel like it robs the students of the experience right. of feeling it and, and seeing it in themselves. Obviously, in sculpt and in bar, I, I go to my mat and I'm, I'm, I'm there because it's a little bit different with weights. Yeah, right, right. Um, because proper proper posture and alignment is important with weights mm-hmm. for, for safety. And and same with bar. You you want to be certain that you have specific muscles engaged and right. proper alignment because you don't want to hurt yourself. Vinyasa is a dance of the soul. Right. And um if people were looking at me, their hip would be jutted out, you know, or or, or whatnot, because that's where my hip can fit, right? Oh, yeah. That is that is what is safe for me. And and yeah, there are certain things that you want to do to make certain that you're safe, right. but it, it it is about how it is feeling for you. And it is about the connection to your breath that you really get to feel into those spaces. Right. Like how we talked about those spaces of, of, of silence and the spaces where our body pauses, where we become at ease with ourself. It's, it's, it's like that in vinyasa when you can just get into the natural flow mm. of your breath and where your hands naturally want to go right instead of am i supposed to be here right well i don't know does it feel good yes you know you know and i that's that's for students as much as teachers mm. like I, the newer newer teachers and everybody has their own style and that's mm. one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast is yeah. so people can talk about their styles and how they've gotten there and things like that and uh, you know i've worked with a lot of teachers over the years and and have you know it it's not like I, you know, I'll approach a teacher with this is the plan that has worked for all the teachers. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's like, okay, what's your what's your thing you're working through? How can mm-hmm. we help you as an individual? But one of the things that I that I see the most with teachers, with newer teachers, is that they try to memorize yeah. things, and I get it with like a hatha practice because it right. is a dialogue. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, I still like would I still recommend staying away from the memorization. Mm. The the feedback that I was given a while back was you teach from the students that are in the class, right? And so, you know, when we're trying to memorize something, say we're we're, we're in the middle of saying something and we, we're trying to find that next word, right? Because we've memorized it. Mm-hmm. We know what that word should be, but it's just escaping us. So then we're like, okay, um, 
Um, pull your um, left shoulder back. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, now um, push through. What is it? Your left heel. Cool. Okay, got it. You know, so you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, right. why are you stumbling? Why are you doing? Like, the, you're creating distrust with your students, mm. right? And that's one of the biggest things for me as a, as a practitioner is when I when I when I don't trust that the teacher knows where they're going, it throws me out of my practice. I'm the same exact way. And, yeah, and that's my own thing. I got to get through. But that having that experience, that's the feedback I give I give teachers is that when you try to memorize, you're gonna um, you're gonna and you're, it'll happen one way or the other. But yeah. if you are in the moment and you're in your room and you're teaching from the person standing right in front of you and you see their knee protruding past their big toe in a, in a side angle, hey man. Pull, then everybody pull your knee back, you know, lift your hips, pull your knee back. So your knee stacked on top of your ankle. You're right. teaching from an actual physical person and the dialogue in your head instead of trying to memorize and re- re- recall something. And that just to me makes it so much more fluid and so much more in the moment because everybody can benefit from that one cue that somebody's doing. 100%. You know, two things on that. <clears throat> Uh, we, I had a new teacher here and, um, she just finished her training maybe like three months back or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but she was talking about how, um, hard it was for her, for many of the, um, TTs Mm -hmm. to, um, have her be in class because the script that they were given didn't fit her body. Oh. The cues okay. that they were giving didn't work for her because she used modifications and props. Her body was different. Right. And so um, something that the, um, the, the, the teacher trainer had said was how grateful that she was that, that, um, that, that she was within their teacher training because it gave the teachers the skills to learn to teach to the students in the room. Right. And um, and now that teacher is taking additional training because she really wants to teach to every single body. Right, yeah. Which is a magnificent thing because, again, there are so many people that think that they have to be this. How many times, Adam, have you been said, well, I'm not very flexible? Yep. Well, no shit. Yeah. Right? Like, I, that's why I say, I said, you want to see me? I, I, I have to bend my knees when I touch because I'm tight here. You see this? I right. can't even go into child's pose because I'm so tight around my knees from my injuries so that's why i practice yoga right you know that that's actually a lie i practice yoga because of the breath yeah but i take classes and i do those other sorts of things because i want that flexibility it's why i have to go through those poses right um and then this morning nikki one of our teachers she's like i had this whole class i was going to teach and she was just <laughs> fine and ready yeah. and she was even she even was looking at that paper and she gets on the mat she starts teaching something different and she's like my soul would not allow me and go. i said because you're trusting yourself as a teacher and you're listening to the subtle intentions and the subtle wishes of the students in the room right and i said when you can i said that can be really hard as a new teacher, right? Because 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 you want to have some some things in mind. It, it it can be really hard shifting from student talk to teacher right. talk, right? That can be really yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But if you have that 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 pie, right? You got that good crust. You got that pie, right? Then you can look to see, okay, well, he doesn't like mushrooms. Oh, look at how this person is sitting in child's pose. I think we're going to need to do some more hip openers here. You right, know, yeah. like there's been there so go. many yeah. times, you know, that I've 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 written this beautiful, magnificent, you know, slow flow, and I go into the room and I see him and I'm like, Mm-mm. right, 
no, no, we're going to do something different, right? And that really truly is the gift um, that we're given as teachers, that our students trust us enough to be present for who they are instead of trying to put on a show of who they aren't. But then what a beautiful gift that we can then give back to our students. So it's this exchange of trust and um, reciprocity, you know, that we're able to, to be in. Yeah, and when they, when they, I mean, a lot of times when we're, when we give ourselves the ability to be malleable like that mm. and to be a human, and it almost, and it doesn't, it's not like it needs to happen, but it almost gives everybody else permission, right? 100%. It's like, oh, well, they're taking their time to do their thing. Maybe that's something that can resonate within me, you know? And I think, you know, just that, that I don't even want to call it a positive example, but it's just an example in general, you know, to live off of, you Absolutely. know, there's, yeah, there's. There's, there's so much. Uh, I love Nikki, by the way. Mm, Nikki, I, yeah. you know, she's doing fantastic. She here. really is. Really appreciate she her. Is. And uh, and to see creativity like that, and and somebody that's a new teacher, yeah. to be able to have that aha moment mm. at such an early point in their practice, to be able to say, you know what, I have this script or I have this idea that I had. I'm gonna change it and yeah. become malleable with it. That was exactly. It. She's like, my soul would not allow me to do that. And I was like, yeah. it's because you were tuned in to. A student in the class probably that came in with something on their heart or something that they needed really to work into and it was not on that script. So yep. you thought, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to tune into what they need, you know, and that's that's a beautiful thing to be able to do. And I think you're right. It gives the students permission then to also tune into themselves and right. trust themselves, you know. Um, so many people um, come here they're they're tricked into this idea of of asana right so 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 physical movement i need right. to come and move and yep. i need to get this back and i had a private session this morning and she was so hard on herself every other word was was critical in yeah. nature to herself right and i said um i said that's not allowed here with me i said i said i want to honor that 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 that's where you're at i right. said but as somebody who has um spoken unkindly to her body for so many years and um been so judgmental and so critical you're, you're doing harm yeah you know so come in here with with some goals mm. um you know but 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 come from a place of worth right. um and self-love right you know but um it gave her then permission to sit with where she is at this moment, right? Which then gives your body permission to feel safe right. to be able to let go. Yeah, you know, you you see that in in the energy work that we do. Man, yeah, most definitely. And I, I think you know, we my uh, my family and I were in a book club called uh, I don't know what it's called, but uh, we just finished reading Tuesdays with Maury, which is a great book. Oh, I don't know if you yeah. ever read Tuesdays with Maury. I know, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Oh my god, great, great fucking book. But um, you know, it's basically about a college professor that is dying, and his students start coming back and saying mm-hmm. hi, and and this guy. Mitch, which one of his old students came back and um, they just spent a lot of time together. Mitch is a, a writer for a magazine and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's just a really touching book, but he touches on a point here. I'm going to try and find this, uh, this quote real quick. Um, he says, uh, the culture we have does not pay, make people feel good about themselves. Hmm. And you have to be strong enough to say, if the culture doesn't work, don't buy it. Uh, and so where that came up in our conversation was around how let's take uh, just take a magazine cover for example 
you could have the quote unquote Adonis body of a male's figure or female's figure, right? What we would consider in, in our Western culture, like physically perfect or beautiful, whatever. Right. But you know, we have this stupid idea of what that is and I don't agree with it. And I'm just going to put that out there, but there's like this Western idea of what perfect is. The fact that perfect is just a subjective word in the person in, in general. But so if you take like what we would consider the most perfect person, that photograph would still be photoshopped. Yes. There would still be airbrushing happening yes. to, to hide a wrinkle, to oh. uh, a, a cellulite spot or mm-hmm. a bald spot or whatever it is. There'd still be some airbrushing done. So basically what we're telling our, our, our everybody on a subconscious level is that you will never be perfect. You are not good you enough. You are not good enough and yes. you will never be perfect. We have the tools to fix the image of you to be perfect, mm. but that doesn't mean you as a human are going to be perfect. A- a- absolutely. I think that's one of the hardest things. I'll tell you what, taking a selfie, I search for the perfect <laughs> lighting because, and I and I make a joke of it, but I realize right. I'm not being nice to myself. Right. I'm like, you know, I can either look like, you know, the Crypt Keeper or I can look, you know, like. I've heard you make that joke many times. <laughs> you know, and I thought to myself, I need to, I need to stop saying that because that, that's not nice. But, but, but you're right. Like we have these perceptions of, of, of who we need to be or how we need to show up. Right. And um, the, the truth is, is that there's no right way to show up except for how you show up. Right. And, and it is in those messiest, most imperfect moments that the most perfect, beautiful person emerges. Right. You know, you think about like, it is in those moments of your most vulnerable, messy I don't want to say ugly, but uncomfortable mm-hmm. moments and places that, that 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 you see that beauty. You know, you 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 see those perfect. I'm I'm doing air quotes. Air perfect, quotes. yeah. <laughs> you know, per, perfect person or perfect perfect moments. Uh-huh. You know, um, and and that I think is a really important thing as yoga teachers, as uh, intuitive healers, right. um, as as anybody that's as teachers for young children, right, is, is is teaching people to show up with with bravery, with with vulnerability, exactly as they are. You know, um, I was talking to my daughter Eloise, and um, she's my ten year old, mm-hmm. and um, she loves her freckles. Loves them. Oh, she's adorable. She, she loves, loves that. I'm glad she does. And she loves her. She loves her red hair. As yeah. a matter of fact, she's upset that her hair isn't as red as her brother Gabriel's. Oh, all right. And Sibling so, rivalry. right, right. Yeah. So she's like, "Mom, how is wait? How is my hair going to get more red?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know." We, I, it was like, "It's." Beautiful. But anyways, but I was telling her how amazing it is that she loves it because as a kid back in the '70s, being a ginger was not as cool as it is now right and 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 so i remember like being teased like people were like did you mark all over your face you know oh did you put um what did they say did you put kool-aid in your hair you know did you eat too many carrots i remember i remember really despising being a redhead with tons of freckles all over i very much you know despise and i don't know what we've all have different things that we were picked on and they probably weren't as big as they appeared to us right, right. but again we've got our satchel of bullshit that we carry on our shoulders that mm-hmm. we just add to it and then we continue that script but i don't know what the fucking point was but basically that 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 imp- imperfection is bullshit yeah totally. and and the things that i once thought were not very cool mm-hmm. or 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 were part of 
what I liked about myself, my children love my Gabriel. He loves being a ginger. Yeah. He loves his freckles. I now love my freckles. I now dye my hair fake yeah, to try to to try red to be red. a red hair again because I lost that a long time ago. <laughs> I got gray a long time ago, you know. But it's just full fucking circle. Yep. I would have given anything to not been a redhead as a kid. Yeah. And now I pay a lot of money to dye it that color. <laughs> so go, go figure. Go I know, figure, right? right? Yeah, the ebbs and flows of our fashion it, industry. It is, you know, it is truth. God, it is, it is truth. You know, I, you know. Yeah. I think a lot of that too is like, you know, as much as we we think things are wrong with us, you know, it's it's funny because we always, I can't say always, but I think I've I've surrounded myself with a lot of great, very mm. encouraging people, you yeah. know. And so there's sometimes where I'm like, man, I just feel like shit about this about my life, mm. and where the person that I say that to will turn it right back around and show that as a positive thing in my life, mm. you know. And I think you know, it, it, it's not always grass is green on the other side, or yeah. like don't be a down in the dumps. Like sometimes right. we need to be sad, we need yes. to have our emotions, yeah. but also like we sometimes don't realize the goodness that we do have in our lives because sometimes we're just downtrodden, right? We, we get, we get beat down by life. Uh, one of the practices I've recently started in my evening is, um, before I go to bed, I do loving kindness and, uh, uh and so yes. I'll, you know, sage myself, cleanse myself. Yeah. Um, and then I say, I sit there for about 10 minutes and I just, I, I say what I'm grateful for. Mm. And I just, I'm grateful for the life that I have, the gifts, the the relationships, yeah. the shit, this fucking podcast, you yeah. know, the ability to teach at your studio, um, all these great things that are happening in my life. And it's not to be like, oh, you know, congratulate me. I'm doing great. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's almost a like, it's almost a reminder that like, hey, dude, you're doing all right. You got some cool shit going on. I know things are hard. Like, you don't see your kids as much as you want to. Mm -hmm. There's it's Monica has been gone for six weeks. She's coming back soon, but you know, life is hard sometimes and, and very bad. Yeah. I mean, shit, I just talked to a buddy today on the way in who's a dear, dear friend of mine, a big shout out, Jeff Morgan. He's a mentor. Mm -hmm. He's a business coach. I mean, just a fucking amazing guy in my life. And we'd say in really close contact Mm -hmm. and because of COVID, I hadn't talked to him in a little while. He's um, over the age of 55, maybe almost 60. So he's like kind of in that danger range. And so we've just been giving him space. And um, I talked to him today and he told me that he just, he's on the recovery side from prostate cancer. Wow. I'm like, motherfucker, you haven't, Wow. And, but you know, I don't expect him because I mean, to be fair, like if I had something like that, I I would probably play it pretty close to the chest. Yeah, you know, and uh, but it just it shows me that like man, get out there and talk to your people. Mm. You know, get out there because I mean that it's just he's such a loving man and just like you know he's been such a big part of my life that if something would have happened to him and I wouldn't have known about it, mm. that would have that would have eaten me up. You know, so for me that's just like a hey. Who else have you not talked to in a while? Yes. Get out there and say what's up to some people. You know, I think it's it's an important thing, like, right now, and kind of rewinding back, but when mm-hmm. you talked about, like, you're not, like, saying that it's all positive, you know, and, and there's no negative, you know, because right. I, I think that, that, that sometimes we can get in that place of being so positive that we do then ignore sometimes those 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 dark things right like i think you know light and dark you know both both are both are vital you Mm -hmm. know within the shadow work side which as some some slippery shit but um (laughs) you know i i think that that making those sorts of gratitude lists so again right like you become who you surround yourself with and you become those words that you speak to yourself. So again, it's it's thinking of words as 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 spells, right? right. Thinking of thinking of the the stuff that you're putting out there. So surrounding yourself. Um, I um, recently um, got one of my friends um, this beautiful journal and um, he's one of the most um, driven um, people I've ever met. And um, 
he writes affirmations now, and that's really new to him. Mm. But he's like, am I doing this right? And I was like, does it feel right? There you go. And he's like, well, do, do I need to get more specific? Do you feel you need to get? And he's like, come on, just just tell me what to do. And 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 I'm. It's really important to me to never tell people what they what they should or shouldn't do. That's yeah. just always been in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to be told what I can or can't do. So I like to extend that to other people. Totally, yeah. um, some people they do want you to tell them. They need that guidance. Yeah. And, well, and it's good and bad. That 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 is same. So for me, I'll oftentimes say, "Are you looking for me to give advice, or are you just looking for space to right. to speak?" Because I can hold that space. But I really try not to give advice. Yeah. I really do my best to not. Um, that's the yeah. uh, so that's uh, what. Um, uh, can be called can be considered the Socratic method of giving advice. So Socrates back in mm-hmm. you know Socrates times, yeah. uh, <laughs> back, back in Socrates, Socrates times, times. Yeah, him and Plato were playing shit, <laughs> playing with Plato. It's nah. like it's like Snoop and Dre. Yeah, I get exactly it. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Socrates and Plato, man, all fucking dropping beats and shit. <laughs> but uh, but Socrates was is you know known as quote unquote one of the, the smarter peoples mm-hmm. of, you know of the that time frame. But if you read anything from him, he admittedly is one of the most ignorant people. Mm. And he says the reason why he got this kind of moniker as being a smart guy is because that he would never give advice. He would ask questions around the advice trying to be gotten to lead the person to the advice themselves. Because we all know that if we come up with the answer ourselves, we're more apt to take it because we've got our answer now. So instead of Socrates saying, hey, you know what? Here's what you should do. He would just ask questions around the answers, around what the, the conversation that was being given to yeah. him. And through that, he would lead them to their answer. There's so much more power, yeah. right? Because then because then we feel like it's then our choice. Exactly. I mean, I, I don't think I'm the only one in saying that if somebody tells me that I can't do something, well, I'm, I'm going to do it. Right. Um, and, and or if somebody gives me advice... And and many times I'll say I'm not I'm not looking for advice right now. Yes. Um, and I'm I'm not a big uh, verbal processor anyways. I usually will internally um, process my shit and then I'll come with the idea that I have. Right. And I'm oftentimes not not looking for 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 you to give me advice because right. I'm I'm pretty comfortable because I've walked through that. Some people are big processors; they want to walk through it with somebody. Right. 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 And so if I have friends that want to walk through it, you know, with me, I just hold the space and I ask the questions. Right. Um, and I. Because then, because then the the power then lies within them them finding the own answer there, right? Right. I mean, isn't that what we all want? Right. We all want to feel secure, like we've walked through it, we've explored our avenues. It's it's the same shit on, in 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 the room on on the mats, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really funny. Was it? Um, it would have been a bar. Okay. Um, and we all know that the Bliss Yogis are a little something special. Oh, I fucking love this. Group. I do what I want. Such right? a great community. I do what totally. I want. Right. And I and, and I and I I don't know who I think I am thinking that they're going to listen to a damn thing I have to say because I always am like I know who you guys are. Mm-hmm. Who am I fooling? So so. Yeah, you built this community. You know what they're capable of. That's what I'm like. These 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 people are not going to listen to me. Um, so um, I'm taking them through cool down after bar uh-huh. and. Um, you know how they, they all kind of start to get used to a certain way that maybe you do like a cool down, you oh, know, yeah. like certain sorts of stretches? Well, I don't always like to do things the same way. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you know, roll onto your right hip, swing your, swing your left left leg in front. And they all like turned to the back. And I was like, where are you guys going? And they're, <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, you know, oh, okay, this way. And then I was like, okay, and then bring your leg to the right side. They bring it to the left. And I was like, I do not know who I am thinking that if I have anything to say, you guys are going to listen. Because you guys are bliss yogis. You do what you want. Do whatever the fuck you want. Right? It's the same sort of thing as human beings. We want power in the place of listening to what works for our body. There you go. Have we not been speaking for the past three and a half years 
Do what works best for you. Tune into yourself. You have the power to heal yourself. You are a powerful manifester. The medicine is within your own body, right? right like, yeah. I'm not saying that doctors are not important, <laughs> yeah, totally. right? Yeah, yeah. But, but, but we speak that into them because it's vital to who we are as human beings. Of course, they're not always going to listen to me, right? right like, yeah. we're like, we're just, we're just here to take you on a little tour. You know, take the little side parts that you want. It's kind of choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, it 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 it, it is same within relationships. But yeah. um, again, on a tangent, I don't even know what I was going to well, answer to you. Know, and I and that's that's I so my per, my analogy for that for that kind of idea mm-hmm. is that like say like a Hatha class, right? Mm-hmm. So we can teach Hatha the same way. I mean, I I pretty much Hatha is a lather rinse repeat for me. Yep. Like dialogues yep. right there. Yep. I mean, it's cued yep. in. I, I teach from the room, but you know, yep. it's it's same. And uh, and so like take a like pose like dancer, right? I've cued dancer more or less the same way for the past five, six years. Yeah. Little modicums of difference here and there. But, you know, I'll have somebody that's taken my class for three years come out of my Hatha class and be like, man, the way you cued Dancer today was the best. I got so deep. Like, I just don't know what you said, but, oh, I said the same exact thing. I said that last 399 (laughs) classes that you took from me. Yeah. I'm just glad it landed finally. You know what? That's exactly it because is, and haven't you seen that? Like, and I'll see it here, you know, in 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 the room. I'm do, I'm doing a session, and I'll I'll say something, and they'll be like, "Oh my god," you know, or tears, or I'll feel a release, and it's the same shit that maybe I've said like ten times prior, but they have finally peeled that onion enough right. to where they're now able to hear what you have to say, or maybe I've said the same thing that you've said, but then you've said it at just the just the divine time, right? Yeah, that just in the synchronistic sort of way uh-huh. that they then can be available to hear it. And that's and that's a beautiful sort of thing. I mean, it's it. Nikki and I we talk about that all the time. You know, she's and 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 you know, she's like, I, I I've said it or or you've said it, but then I heard Adam saying, it and I was like, yes, 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 because you needed to hear it at that moment. Exactly, you're ready to hear it, yep. ready to absorb it, bring it into your practice, and make that shift. Yep, totally. Yeah, everything lands when it's supposed to. Well, I think about like so, dancer for example. Yep. Um, prior to teacher training. I had never been able to. Um, I had always twisted my arm. Oh yeah, the um, the, the, uh-huh, the flip grip kind uh-huh, of idea. Yep, yep. Because it hurt my shoulder, mm. um, and I could never quite kick away. Got it. And um, something in, and I'm certain that I heard it ten thousand times. <laughs> something in the way that my mentor cued it was yeah. the first time that I was able to peel my shoulder back actually and actually kick away. So it was the first time I was able to find dancer, and I think maybe it was like. And I've only been taking Hatha for a little bit of time, but um, but um, maybe like three years or some two years, I don't know. But but it was like this aha yeah. moment, mm-hmm. and I share that in class when I see somebody kind of you see their eyes light up, right? And it's like yeah. this aha sort of moment. Um, but again, it, it is it is it is divine timing in the moment. Yes, it is. It is, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we've talked about energy, kind of mm-hmm. bouncing back between energy work and stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, you've mentioned your breath work, mm-hmm. and so uh, I think you were. I mean, you were practicing this stuff before we went into COVID times, yeah. but it seems like you've really ramped up your um, your esoteric work a little bit more since this. You yeah. know, um, want to talk about that a little bit? Because I mean, we're sitting in your Reiki room right now. Yeah, your it's a beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful space. Um, so you know, it, it's interesting. I think that again, kind of getting back to always. Um, the hardest person on yourself is 
is is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally started as a cranial sacral therapist um, almost 15 years ago. And cranial sacral therapy, I was taught um, by an amazing woman down in Portland. And um, But I was taught specifically um, as a doula, as a lactation consultant. So I worked with right. um, women giving birth and then mm-hmm. brand new babies. Um, it was a lot of intraoral work. Okay. And um, so learning and understanding at that point, and I really had a hard time with boundaries at that point. Um, and I remember Carol, my, my mentor, my teacher, at the time saying, Marianne, you need to do a better job of putting your gloves on because sure, it's a great way to be able to figure out where somebody's off or hurting because I could feel it. Okay, You're going to hurt yourself. And uh, um, I had a really hard time with boundaries with energy work because okay. I would feel the pain or the discomfort when somebody would come to me for treatment. Gotcha. Um, and at that time, I remember um, because I was not a um, massage therapist, I had to become an ordained minister to be able to lay hands upon somebody. Interesting. Uh huh. Ah. So I became an ordained minister yeah, to where loopholes. I could put to where I could put to where I could do body work <laughs> on awesome. right on moms and babies. Hell that yeah. was 15, 15 years ago. Wow. And um, so you know, kind of worked with it there and loved doing it. But again, I had a really hard time with boundaries. Okay. And um, when I became a Reiki master four years ago or something, it was very different because, um, and I wasn't exhausted when I was done with the treatment, mm-hmm, right? So mm-hmm. because I would always been able to self-treat first and then and then give, and also I feel like I'd learned a lot about boundaries. Right, um, and a and lot that's about, very important with energy work is your boundaries. It's important in fucking life. Yeah, good, oh, thank you, yes. Oh my goodness yes. sake. And it, it, is, it will always, always, always be something that I have to be very intentional on hmm. because um, as somebody who has dealt with a lot of trauma, my boundaries blur. Gotcha. So I have to be very, very intentional and very aware on that. Um, but um, yeah, so I found... Th- Reiki, Mm -hmm. and I never really truly planned on being a practitioner of Reiki. I wanted to utilize it um, as a tool in the classroom. Mm. I wanted to utilize it because I um, loved at the time, and I've since changed my mind, but I loved to be able to help with hands-on assists. And then I could then feel the energy. Um, And when people would then move through vinyasa, I could feel the energy of them moving. Mm -hmm. And I I loved feeling that. It was like, just, I would love to, I felt like I was part of the orchestra. It was just amazing. Um, And um, didn't really have any intentions of practicing Reiki as a practitioner. Robin was here and I trust her. Gosh, she's been a practitioner for 21 years or something. She's just amazing. And so I never really thought like I would utilize it as a practitioner. And then when Bliss closed, again, I missed the energy. Right. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's when I delved further into that. And um, breath work is such a part of what I do with Reiki Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's, oh, the, there's train. the train. Hey, the, the hey, Bliss Monroe train, man. That's right. Hell there yeah. it is. Just on time. Usually shows up about two minutes before class just to freak all those late yogis out. <laughs> that's right. Oh my God, we get the text. Oh. Quick, that's right. Or it's in yin and you're just settling in, settle yourself in. And I was like, you know what? Pay attention to that, right? This is part of it, part of the practice. This is exactly. This is this is your yoga off the bat right here, folks. That's exactly it. Um, but incorporating breath work uh-huh. into a Reiki session is huge because so many of us don't realize how much dis-ease comes from just not breathing fully. Oh my gosh, yeah. And how much we are, I don't know, dimming our vibration or being in a place of of uh, just off-centeredness right. um, by simply not breathing correctly. Yep. Um, and especially I noticed during COVID, um, 
so many of us in this place of survival. Um, I used to call it the time of vata, where vatas can mm. excel, right? Because right. those of us that are either are pitta or maybe kapha, we we got to have some sort of root, right? right? Right. And COVID really like tore my fucking root out, retook my anchors everywhere. But but vata that's used to kind of being able to go from adventure to adventure and just right. being just able to be spur the, the moment. moment. And yeah. This is their fucking time. Yeah, that's a good point. This I never is thought their, about that. Oh yeah. my God, I put so much thought into that. Yeah, fuck yeah, the so Ayurvedic side of it. Yeah, I love that. Right, right. Yeah. So, much, so much thought about that. And I thought, this is vata time. Yeah. But um, within the vata time, if uh-huh. we're not comfortable with being able to go or be in the moment or finding that adventurous side, not not needing to be firmly rooted, right. um, it can cause us to breathe real shallow. And so when we're breathing shallow, just in our ribs, we're not mm-hmm. deep belly breathing, which in turn causes an internal fight or flight. We have pushed past um, where, where, we should, where we should be sitting, and now we're in fight or flight internally, right. Right. which then bumps our cortisols, which then messes with the catecholamine. It's the whole orchestra of- Yeah, your, your cocktail of, of, of chemicals is going fucking buck It is the cocktail of chemicals, yeah, you're totally. right, right? Which, which, which then, like how many more prescriptions of anxiety? Um, yeah. yeah uh, Thyroid. So many more people are being diagnosed with thyroid I've been issues. A lot of that now. Yeah, Tons. Pituitary glands has to do with the fact that we are breathing so shallowly. Interesting. So shallowly. Yeah. So like when doing energy work, I would feel solar plexus just super uh, hot and inflamed, and and little less movement down lower. And so by adding specific breath work, just deep belly breathing, right. um, or you know four 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 sort of count, people could then move their own energy. Yeah. And move their own stuck bullshit and things that might feel sludgy or heavy or just not um, whole. They're able to simply by breathing things that they can do on their home in their bed. They can unstuck. They can unstick their energy. Right. And so um, being able to bring breathwork back just these past, I think, three weeks ago has been beautiful. I really, truly believe that it is maybe more of a gift for me than it is for the students because – Breath is what brought me, or mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. asana is what brought me to yoga. Okay. Breath is what um, has been my passion yeah. since understanding what it did for a chaotic tornado like myself. Mm-hmm. The nurturing, peaceful um, ease that um, it has been trying to teach me for yeah. all of these years. Um, I really hope to be able to give that gift to students by simply tuning into their breath, having that space. Yeah. So many people are so uncomfortable with that one hour yeah. to themselves where they're not distracted by movement in there, mm-hmm. um, shifting things, moving things, arranging things, yep. keeping their mind off of sitting at home with themselves. That, that breath work does and yeah. it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to witness and to see that transformation and to see that that they're doing it themselves yeah it's beautiful that's and i i don't know if that's scary to people or or what it is but you know like i've, I've had a couple conversations recently with people that aren't comfortable and familiar with energetic work mm. that have been going through their own healing process and have been doing it through you know western medicine yeah. you know antidepressants chemicals and shit like that yeah and not finding success, <clears throat> but it's 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 surprising to me how resistant people still are about the idea that you can heal yourself. 
well, you know, like if you if you like the uh, there's a, the friend of mine that's you know going through some some withdrawals and stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, here's some ways you can calm your body if you get into these panic moments through breath work and dismissed. Nope, don't want to do it. Where's the pill mm-hmm. I can take that'll calm yes. me down? It's like, well, you know, you can continue that, and that's fine, but just understand that that pill that you're going to take is still going to cause more problems or not solve the problems. What the are root. the side effects of here? Exactly. So instead, cover it up. Yep. Put it in a box. That fucking box is going to keep coming back. <sighs> Man, but this time it's so going to have like a dragon that's going to pop out of it and burn everything down. Yep. You know, it's. You know what I just found out? There's a. Um, I want to say it's M. C. Escher, the um, mm. the the painter. Yeah. That uh, paints. Apparently, he's got a bunch of drawers in his paintings. It's like paintings have people, mm. and the and the people like say have the, like a drawer popping out of your chest or popping out of your mm. hips or something like that. Apparently, like M. C. Escher, and I'm and I'm pretty sure it's Escher, but um, his idea with that is that we hold all this shit in our bodies and these drawers are all these pockets of which is relates so much back to yoga because we talk about how like let's say like for example your hips are the junk drawer of your body yes everything gets put into your hips that you don't want to deal with in life because eventually your hips are gonna fucking you're gonna have to deal with it you know what because hips don't lie hips don't lie hips don't lie that's all that i know from her that's all i know from this song that's all we can just keep repeating that over and over again hips don't lie but you know it's like you know i thought that was really profound because you know that's just that's a a thing that we all like everybody knows who MC Escher is or have seen yeah. one of those melting clock paintings yes. of some sort, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, and so that subconscious message is in there, you mm. know, of like, hey, man, we all got shit we're not dealing with that we're just stuffing into our bodies. Let's fucking deal with this stuff. You know, so much. I mean, I, I think back and this this was a really like pivotal moment in my life. Um, so it would be 19 years ago. My grandpa um <clears throat> passed away from cancer and um, I saw the process of when he was diagnosed um, and then when he had surgery and then they ended up perforating you know some stuff and he had to go through the whole process but watching my grandma um, my mom um, listen without any sort of question Hmm. to what the doctors were saying and I'm not a doctor. I only play one on TV. All right. Yep. Um, it's what I say all the time. Always. <laughs> well, let me just pull this out because uh. I just I don't I, I don't have a degree. I'm just going to say, but um, but um, without question, and 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 they and, and what was that? Is that called the white coat syndrome or whatever that is? I remember something like that. Yeah, totally. And yeah. And I remember my mom would like for me, and I would get on the calls every morning with my grandma and my mom because I was the only one that that was comfortable asking questions. Right. And I'm a questioner of everything, and I don't think it's disrespectful, but I, but I, but I, I have had people in the past feel disrespected when I ask questions. Okay. And I've always been like, I just ask questions because I'm curious because yeah. I want to know. It doesn't mean that I'm dismissing what you have to say. I'm just curious. Getting clarity. I'm, that's that's exactly it. I want clarity so I can understand. Yeah. And and I do learn a little bit different, so I ask a lot of questions. Okay. But um, I remember my grandma and my mom, Marion, please get on the call, and I would ask all these questions, yeah. and they would get, but but they would they would accept things without asking the questions. And I always thought to myself, why do we not question things more? Which it's biting me in the ass because all five of my children are questioners, and sometimes I'm like, <laughs> would you people just say okay, mom? Right, exactly. But I'm as long as we can survive, I'm going to realize I'm I'm raising questioners, which is good. That's good. I it, love that. It's it's good shit. Oh yeah. But um, it brings us back to the place of self-healing, right? Like we, it's, it, it, it has been generationally brought into us that we are distrustful of ourselves. There's this new book I've called If Women Rose Rooted, right? I oh, called, I'm reading, called. If, if women 
I called it. Yeah. Hey, no, no. Um, if women rose rooted, and it um, talks about how since the beginning of time, Western religion has put so much distrust in women. Like, mm. is the woman that ate the apple? Is the know, woman God. who was naked? It was the right. woman that tempted? You know, it's the it's 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 that damn woman. There's all these long-haired women over here crossing all the fucking problems. Gotta watch out for them. Those crazy Christ. ass women. Uh-huh. But. You know, talking about how that was built in from there and, and just kind of talking about society and, yeah. and the distrust of women and burning the women of the witches and all those sorts of right, things. Yeah. Um, but she was talking about how in Celtic mythology, the women are these heroines mm-hmm. and they are the brave ones and the strong ones and they're the ones that save um, society, culture from, right. from, from, from peril. But just talking about the difference, it is it is same with um, the distrust of it has been spoken into us and passed down both fascia wise mm-hmm. energetically wise energetic signature from the generations of people before us they say up to like 10 generations past we can still be carrying that oh, energetic man. essence it's wow. it's that's my new like place that's, I'm at. It's, man, it's that's, crazy. That's, that's a deep, deep well too. Oh yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Right. I'm like, how am I going to know all this shit? You know, but, <laughs> but, but, they were talking – I'm going to tangent it here Do again. It. But they were talking about how, for example, this new um, training that I'm in, um, they were talking about how her grandma no, – maybe three generations ago uh-huh. – and um, famine, right? So the Great Depression. No um, lack of food, right? Like they were they were terrified. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, – Whenever they would have food, like they would eat it up, right? So it's the clean your plate group, right? So, so, yeah. so that one spoke into her great grandma, clean your clean your plate. So that and that great grandma spoke into her grandma, clean your plate. That grandma spoke it into her mom, clean your plate. That that mom spoke it into her. Wow, yeah. And so she's part of the clean your plate generation to where then she feels guilt or shame, and so what she does is she eats. So talking about how that energetic essence, that signature, all the way back, how because energy is information and vibration, right? Yeah how it's in our DNA and how it's in our makeup and how sometimes it's not the trauma that existed in our life that is causing this bullshit with our physical pain or our autoimmune, right? right, right. It is the trauma of past and how that's impacting where we're at now. Yeah. It's 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 fascinating. Wow. You know, you talked about like the drawers, like the hips, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. and um we do like the myofascial release workshops here. And so many people have like emotional breakdowns after they leave after, right. you know, or maybe it's even in class. Like we've seen it in yin. Oh we've, my gosh, we've seen yeah, it happen totally. where you have that release and it's this sobbing or it's this anger. And you're like, where did this come from? And I always say like my, my favorite teacher taught me and, and I'm referring to you that, <laughs> that um, we have these pockets of pain and pockets of trauma that are in our hips you know, and and when we give ourselves the space to lean in and to really analyze this sensation and give ourselves permission to lean into whatever we're feeling and recognize that this is the moment that it's okay. We have no other place to be. We're committed to the process. We're mm-hmm. committed to holding space for ourselves because we matter that we can then release it, right? But that that big stuff comes up. Yeah. And um, so many people have like messaged me later on in the night or the next day and been like, I cried and cried in the shower. And then like, I didn't have pain in my low back. Yeah. Because a lot of times physical pain is emotional, energetic trauma. Right. That's been stuck. And even if we think we've healed it, it's still within our, our, our tissue. Exactly. Right? Issues so, are in your tissues, man. Issues in your tissues. Fuck Kara yeah, used man. to say that to uh-huh. me all the time. I loved it. Big shout issues out in your Stafford. tissues. Hell yeah, that's yeah, exactly man. it. Man, 
Yeah, and there's uh, there's so much to that too. There's like we we just hold on to so much stuff mm. in our bodies that we don't realize, and that's you know that's why I love. Um, I've talked about this before on podcast, but that's why I love Vipassana meditation. You know, the Vipassana once you know it's a body scan meditation, and you know as you scan your body, you find those pockets of disease that you mm. that you find, but you don't you don't put a label on it. You don't say, hey, that's a bad thing that I'm going to focus on, or hey, that's a good feeling I'm going to focus on. You just say, hey, that's a feeling mm. I'm going to focus on that feeling. Absolutely. And through that focus, some you know it's like sometimes things just need to be recognized for them to go away right yes. so i used to work in restaurants yes. restaurants you know people fuck up on foods drinks yeah. whatever all the time right so you know b- being a manager i would have to go over to the tables mm. and deal with the guests and you know appease people and a lot of times what i found is that people they didn't really need or want anything in, in, in return for say like a cold steak or something like that they just wanted to hear their 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 opinion be heard Right. Yeah. And so a lot of that relates back to that kind of Vipassana meditation. It's like mm. you don't necessarily have to do the work to, let's say, like untangle your childhood trauma that that is caused by this knot that's in your hip. Mm. But sometimes just by showing that attention to that knot in your hip and be like, hey, I see you. Yeah. And I'm just going to sit here with you. I'm not yes. going to judge you. I'm just going to I'm just going to hold space and observe this knot in my hip. Mm. And then after some time, that's that it starts to come up. It comes up, it comes up and it mm. goes away. Right. Yeah. Because it just needed to be seen. It just needed to be heard for a moment to know that you still have this work to do. And you're saying, oh, cool. There's that thing. Oh, now it's gone. Cool. Mm. Awesome. I think that's one of the most powerful things. Um, a few weeks ago, um, the focus was on ahisma, right? So the uh, first. Yep. And so do do no harm. And um, it, it obviously it goes further than that. So, you know, in breath work, we talk about the lessons on the mat mm-hmm. and then how you bring it into the world. And <clears throat> we were talking about how. So many of us sit in that place of judgment and critical um, criticalness of self. Well, then, then it stops right there. Growth stops right there. <laughs> so if instead you can go in and I explain it like an anthropologist, right? So we're just an anthropologist. We're observing. We're noticing. We're not attaching outcome. We're not attaching a good or bad. We're just seeing it. Right. And so when we can, so then we're doing no harm. We're giving ourselves space. And from that, that's 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 like the fertile place that that, that growth happens and mm-hmm. healing happens. Um, it's it's a beautiful sort of thing because I think also as 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 new yogis or or really rather as any yogis, right? Because yeah. aren't we all new every single fucking every day? Every single time you I walk wake in up, there. I wake up. My my. I got this weird ass pain in my hip. I'm like, where's this coming from? Well, it's I, I pulled a muscle here or something, right? right so right. every single day it's a new body, but we have to continue to remind ourselves is that I'm not attaching good or bad. I'm simply observing how this feels throughout it. Yes. You yes. know, I'm 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 and 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 I am guilty of it as well and I recognize it in other people because it's because it it lives in me also so I can recognize it in that sort of way. It also gives me a greater place of empathy for when people are first discovering how unkind they've been to themselves right. or how judgmental that they've been to themselves or how foreign it feels to sit in a non-judgmental way. Yeah how it feels to not um, attach outcome to what we're doing, right? right yeah. To simply do the practice, to simply, that's where the discipline comes in, right? And to take to take that satisfaction versus a good or a bad sort of outcome. Yeah. Because we're all kind of looking in that sort of place sometimes unless we can head back to, to honoring a hisma, yeah. you know, in that sort of way. Well, I think too, it, it goes back to your point about, we were talking about earlier about teaching to the room mm. and not like having some memorized script of what you're doing because if you're if you're present enough to be able to teach from the room and the people that are in there then you're going to be able to pick up on that stuff and be able to utilize that into your into your dialogue and the way that you're going to hold space in that class now yeah. you know and that's 
and again, I don't want a lot of the stuff that Mary and I are talking about. We're, I mean, we've been teaching for a while now. Mm-hmm. Like this is stuff that like we've been able to utilize in our practice because we've had great coaching from yes. from people above us and yeah. people that have that mentored us, you know. And so, like, if if you're hearing this conversation, you're like, "Fuck, man, I I have a hard enough time just remembering to cue breath." Cue your breath, yes. right? Start start with your baby steps, right? One foot in front of the other. But just what we're talking about is as you start to become seasoned in your practicing and your in your teaching, these are some of the things that you can start to utilize into your practice to to help you be into into the moment and tuned into your practitioners and not just worried about the the badass flow you just memorized. Yes. Right? And as somebody that memorizes flows, I do memorize my flows. I don't yeah. memorize dialogue, but I do memorize flows. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. keep them malleable. Yeah. You know, depending on who shows up. But you know, it it's not bad to memorize stuff, but you just be malleable. Be able to, to pivot if you need to and not just with your with your flow that you're designing, but with the words that you're using. Absolutely. You know, because your cue that you might have that you've nailed down for whatever pose that you're doing, if somebody's in there that has an injury, then you're mm-hmm. going to have to adjust that cueing so that person can feel some success too. Absolutely. And I think that's I think that's one of the most important lessons, I think, as a teacher, you know, so many people will come in and they'll be like, I'm sorry, I slept through your class. And I was like, are you kidding me? I said, you know, if you have a body and you can breathe, then, then you're practicing right. yoga. But, but one of the greatest places of, 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 of showing me respect is doing what feels right for right. you yep. is, is honoring yourself. I mean, I, I, um, almost every Sunday morning I attend Olaf's, uh, Hatha class and I sleep. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I have since since we first opened up the studio. I remember there was one point in time I was teaching 20 classes a week and I didn't even know my name and I hurt and I would have flare-ups and I would just ask the teachers, can I come and lay in the back of the classroom because I need to heal? The heat therapy, yeah. The, I mean, absolutely. They, the infrared i mean that that's what this space was supposed to be i, know, I remember that now yeah right it was yeah. supposed to be an infrared sauna um but um i feel like that's one of the greatest gifts that i can give our students because i used to think and i remember this and so this was ego mm-hmm. um this was new studio owner i remember thinking that i had to um uh, give it my all in in every class because again i i had to i had to put a good or a bad to it yep. um and i thought um the what would my students think if i wasn't able to um do a headstand or a head handstand or i wasn't able to do arm balances or i wasn't able to do full extension in standing forehead to knee yada right. yada yada you yep. know and 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 then it was like you're no longer subscribing to 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 your deepest intention for opening this space for offering this space right. and that's to allow all bodies at all times mm-hmm. to express themselves how it feels right for them so stop thinking that you have to be these other sorts of things and and again all the pressure i was putting on myself it's always not, us not other not, nobody nobody else it's all my bullshit yep totally and what a beautiful gift uh-huh. what a beautiful gift i have to sit in child's pose with a block beneath my beneath my glutes because i'm so tight and there's been so many people that have said, gosh, thank you. Thank yeah. you for doing that because had you not showed that, I wouldn't have known if that would have been okay. And I thought to myself, oh, shame on us as teachers for making our students that they have to show up in some sort of way. Right. Yeah. I, I, 
I almost to the point now where I, if I see somebody do what you just said, mm-hmm. like lay down through class yeah. or, you know, come down early, something yes. like that, where they truly are listening to your bodies, I'll go to them after class and commend them. Yeah. Because like that is for you to come down during the middle of a hot class that, that there's so, so few and far between right mm-hmm. now that we yeah. can barely get into it, especially right. as teachers, you yeah. know, we don't want to take the place of students, that if you take that time to come in and lay down, mm-hmm. I commend you so much because you're listening 100% to your body. Absolutely. And that's the only thing we can do. We If we keep pushing past this shit, and, and we're going to become more injured than we were when we tried to find this healing modality. So listening to your body and coming down when you when you need to, you're doing more good there than you would if you just push through. Right? Ab- absolutely. You know, I, I can say that my um, my I am fueled by trying to heal my autoimmune and chronic illness that I have. And so I feel, and and speaking all honestly, not in any sort of depreciating way, my reaction, my lack of self-love, my internal dialogue, how I treated my body, coupled with trauma Mm -hmm. from past, is what caused my autoimmune. Um, I I believe this 100%, um, 100% truth. it is. It is. Um, it was. It was triggered by my lack of care for myself, my continuing to push myself, my not listening to myself, that horrible right. critical voice, the yeah. lack of self love. Um, and so, as much as I can, um, I'm trying to show myself the space and the love and the understanding, and and especially here in in our energy room, I'm constantly searching for a better understanding. And, and and more intuitive healing to mm-hmm. how to work with the people that have the autoimmune and the and the chronic illness, how to how to help them heal themselves, right. how to work through those sorts of things because there's such a correlation between what we would look at as disease, hypertension, or heart issues that come from old trauma. Right. Within the body, you mm-hmm. know, um, stressful jobs that we have now. A stress, all stressful jobs. I, I mean, absolutely, and an old broken, broken heart. You know, closing right. off, yeah, closing yeah. off heart in those sorts of ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think like um, it. It's part of why I don't teach power vinyasa anymore. Okay. It's why I've switched to slow flow. Okay, because um, I'm I teach so much. Um, faster harder things active things active things yeah. sculpt um boot camp <laughs> bar bar boot camp bar boot camp oh. and, and i love those classes shit, but they tear you apart Fuck yeah man and so there are moments i'm trying to be kind to myself i i i, I love power vinyasa i'm dying to take a class i don't want to teach that at the moment because um i recognize that too much faster too much fast stuff is too much for me as a teacher so slow flow has been just this new beautiful space for me that um i i it it means as much to me as as teaching breath work it it is in it is in those it is in those spaces and i get the most beautiful um gifts of seeing the students um it is they are dancing with their soul in it yeah and they are leaning into what they're feeling light and dark. 
and they are breathing and and it's 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 like their body is just breathing itself right it's just going you know um uh, i got a message from one of our students reesey um love reesey yeah, yeah she's a sweet girl um and she said there was a time that i just closed my eyes and i just was able to just go and feel yeah and i thought what a beautiful gift that as as teachers we can hold that sort of space for our students to heal themselves like that's that's like the highest the highest gift that we can be yeah. given. Yeah. Um it's it's just a beautiful thing. Uh I love how you put that too. Hold space so they can hear themselves. I think as as people that, you know, we're both Reiki practitioners yeah. and masters and you know, there's the the healer term that's thrown around a lot. Yes. And you know, there's yeah. got to call it something, but yeah. you know, um we're not doing the healing. Like I'm not going to heal you. That's if you come it. in to see me, I'm not going to be like bibbity bobbity fucking healed. That's right. Exactly. It. But I yeah. will hold the space and I will call in your ancestors and I will keep you safe while you journey and you find your healing space. I think that's one of the most important things. Like I tell people, I, I, I don't have the magic. Yeah. I'd love for you to th- you think that I have the sorcerer's hat and I got the brooms out there like Mickey, right? Like right. I always wanted that to happen. Yeah, I you know that. that one with like yeah. the buckets and they got the brooms yeah, the and they're Fantasia cleaning. Action. That's right, oh, yeah. that's right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted that. But no, no, no. We don't we that, that's I think that's a really important thing to say. Like it's not the magic that we're doing. We we hold the space. Right. It's why I'm always like I cringe a little bit if somebody was like, oh, you're, you're a healer. Because I think we're all healers, right? Most definitely, because we can uh, heal ourselves. That's that's exactly it. Yeah. I am simply hanging out with you and this amazing universal energy that is abundant to everything. Mm-hmm. I happen to be real comfortable sometimes in those dark moments yeah. because I am still processing my own shadow work, my mm-hmm. own light and dark, right? Like, So I'm, I'm uncomfortable in those sort of dark spaces. I'm not going to shy away from feelings, right? Yeah. Like. That's what I say to the students in class. Go in search of sensation. Then you know you'll be there. Mm. You feel sensation? That's right where you want to be. Right on. Don't yeah, run yeah. from that sensation. It's, yeah. it's, it's the same thing within an energy session, right? Like, I'm not going to shy away from, 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 from holding that space while you're feeling sensation. Mm-hmm. You're the one that's this healing yourself. And that energy is available to you anytime. Yeah. It's in abundant. You don't have to worry that it's being taken from me. I'm not having to do I'm I'm not... Is, is here surround us yeah i think that's a really important um distinction that that, that we that we uh, speak to um, our clients when they come in is that you know they they're the magic yeah you know they're healing themselves we're, we're here providing information mm-hmm. we're here providing the safe space um we're here loving them next to them and, and walking beside them through the process of of learning right yeah, yeah. I want to come back to one thing you said um, a minute ago. Mickey and the uh, broom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Mickey and <laughs> the broom. Yeah. That vision in my head, the pink elephants are just so, oh, floating around, oh, man. Oh, those yeah, pink elephants. Fucking hell, man. That one actually scared me a little bit. You know, I, I watched that with my kids, I want to say probably six months ago. And uh, and they they're like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, I oh, put Fantasia on, whatever. We got yeah. Disney Channel. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we haven't seen that. And I think 20 minutes in, they're like, what in the hell are you <laughs> making us watch, Dad? And I'm like, serious. <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it did. Somehow it's like the stuff of nightmares oh sometimes. God, that's crazy shit. That's right. But uh, no, you said something about how, um, you know, how you show up as, and, and you, you have this expectation in your head of how you should show up, right? Mm. How you need to, mm. you know, be this, this person and this, yeah. you know, this is Marianne and this yeah. is the studio owner, blah, blah, blah. Um, so Ram Dass has a, a, talks about that a little bit and, you know, fucking Ram Dass, yeah, he's oh yeah. Ram Dass, right? Yeah. And so he's, he was talking about how, <clears throat> you know, through his spiritual journeys, um, you know, he reached this quote unquote point of enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So like everybody thinks that Ram is fucking Ram Dass, right? He's yeah. all peaceful. He's, he's happy. He's great. He's good to go. He's got it all figured out. 
that he started feeling guilty when he felt like a human, right? When he would get emotions, he would get sad, he would get angry, he would get depressed, he would get anxiety. And he's like, well, fuck, I'm Ram Dass. I can't have these emotions. So he'd bury them. And in burying them, it just made it that much worse. So whenever he did lash out or those emotions came out, it was a very negative experience for everybody involved, Mm. especially because Ram Dass has this moniker of being this peaceful guy, right? And so he had to accept his humanity as part of his divinity to be the fucking human that he is right and if you have anger you got to find a healthy way to disperse it if you have anxiety find a healthy way to disperse it but you got to acknowledge it right don't just don't just dismiss it because then that's where we start to shove shit out again again you know even a person as well uh mentally uh and and enlightened i guess is a ram Dass type character you know that's another one of those like you are given permission to be a human being yeah. Like, I think another thing that uh, that he was talking about, I think, in the same speech was he was uh, in a psychedelic journey mm. and talking to, um, you know, somebody in, the, in that journey. And um, he said, um, well, what am I what am I doing on this earth plane? And what's what's going on, on this earth? It seems kind of boring. And the, the deity said, well, since you're on earth, why don't you take the curriculum? Ooh. And he's like, oh fuck i never thought about that and it's like well you're here for a reason right you're here you're in this flesh body yes full of bones and suit. liquids and shit yeah. you know all this fucking weird stuff and we're chocked full of emotions that barely anybody understands but we all have yeah right yeah figure it out have yeah. fun make me proud god like that's a great yeah i love that you, you know? know i was talking um a couple days ago to um one of my best friends don yeah. um and um we are you know she just love don yeah she's amazing amazing human being and i was telling her the process of what I was going through. Okay. Similar. Now I am not him. I'm not this big, huge, enlightened being, but I am Marianne. You are Marianne, exactly. And and, and um, people have this perceived idea of who I am, which mm-hmm. is is all bullshit. Um, because I'm a I'm a living, breathing person that changes from moment to moment. Um, but um, I was saying to her that I was having these emotions that were coming up: mm-hmm. frustration, anger. Um, and I was like, I thought I had moved past that anger. I thought I had moved to a place of of, of love and um, and respect and that I was just able to move on. Right. I said, and then I then got mad at myself for having that frustration and anger. And then I then got disappointed and I felt sad for myself for then shaming myself for then having that frustration. <laughs> and I was like, and, and she was like, uh-huh. she was like you know she's like you know we're human we we change and we shift from moment to moment and i was like well and i know this but i was still like then i felt so sad for myself then because i was then shaming myself for being a human being when i'm always like i'm a human being right but like i'm a human being yes and and perfection is bullshit it is there's no perfection out there and all i can do now, the one thing that I do believe is that I am given these moments of, of, of trials. I'm given these trials. I'm, I'm, given, I'm given these moments of, 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 of hard times, these hardships, these challenges. I'm given them because universe knows that I will then testify. Right. Universe knows that I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid to step forward vulnerable, show where I fucked up. Right. And offer that as a place of teaching. Yes. Because um, because I am not perfect. Because 
I don't know if I ever shared this story with you, um, but um, when I was maybe like four years old, so okay. I, I um, my, my grandma and my grandpa raised me. Okay. My mom was um, very young when she had me, and so she went back to high school. Mm-hmm. And so um, my grandma and grandpa, um, I, the, the, the sun and the moon was, was, was who I was to them. Oh, that's nice. Very special. I yeah. mean, it's uh, to, be, to have been able to give that, to get that foundation of unconditional love and devotion I mean, I really believe that that is what gave me my resiliency through the rest of the bullshit. Yeah. But um, so um, my grandma had um, a basement and I went down to the basement and, you know, we're doing all of our shit. And back then they canned everything, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was going down. I don't know what I was getting. I was We were going down to the basement to get something out of the cans. And my grandma went back upstairs and I hung out down in the basement and um, there was a spider. Hmm. And there was this big like window and um, I did not care a whole lot for the daddy long legs, but I was not you know, too concerned. Yeah. And I heard Marianne. I'm like looking around. Mm. I was like, my grandma's, my grandma's not here. What's going on, Marianne? And I look up and, um, well, it, it is the spider. The spider's talking to oh, me. Wow. You had a Charlotte's Web incident. Well, I think so. Probably. All right. And, um, and the spider said to me, you know, and of course I'm four years old, so, mm. you know, who knows? But, but the spider says to me, be the light. All right. And I was like, what? You know, what's, what's this spider? Yeah. No, but I, <laughs> what's that Mr. Spider? But I was like, what? You know, and, and um, you know, shine the light. Just continue to shine the light. Be yeah. the light. Right. And I was like, okay. You know, and so I ran upstairs and I told my grandma and I was like, there's a spider. The spider told me to be the light, you know, and she's like, what spider? What are you talking about? And, you know, and I was like, the daddy long legs, you know, I'm supposed to be the light. I, I'm supposed to shine a light. I'm a light. I'm a lamp, you know, or something. And right. my grandma said, that was God. That was God talking to you. And I was like, that was not God. It was the spider. The spider was talking to me. But I have came to realize yeah. that no matter what path I take. So mm-hmm. when I was younger, I was an, a childbirth educator and then I was a doula and I was a lactation consultant and I I taught and led, you know, women and, and um parenting groups and stuff, but I was to be the light. Right. Meaning, not that I am this light, not that I am this perfect being, but that where I've been, shine the light on others to where they can see their value. Right. Give the room for other people to shine their light to where they can find their light. Be the space where other people can turn their own light on. Yeah. And I feel like if at any places throughout my life that I feel like I'm questioning, if I can be certain that I'm walking in purpose towards a light, mm-hmm. in some sort of light, then that's where I'm supposed to be. And um, perfectly imperfect, right? Like exactly. just imperfect in that sort of place. And uh-huh. that's my responsibility. Yeah. That's my responsibility is what I feel. And I don't feel that like in like a like a it's so it's heavy responsibility, yeah. but but it is it is what it is what fuels me, right? It is it is a fire inside that will never go out that if I'm always if I ever feel off course, I don't know where my true north is, right? Like are you aligned with purpose? Are you shining light some sort of way? There you okay, go. Okay, and all the people said yes, right? Hell like, yeah. So that's I love that. That's my spider story. Ah, I love that. I don't like spiders, though, anymore. Uh Uh-huh. I don't like them. Wow. Did another spider give you bad advice? I I think it did. (laughs) I really, truly think it. Spider next to it was like, hey, Marianne, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. By by the way, there's no light. Yeah. Yeah, You know, and I was like, shit, I don't. No, no, no. No, I've always been scared of spiders now since. But I feel like they they, they stare at you. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah they're eight eyes. That does it. And then they call yeah. their spider people and they all stare at you. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's my own. <laughs> There's a, there's a guy named David, uh, sorry, Daniel Schmachtenberger that I, uh, like to listen to. He's mm. great, great mind. And he, he's talking about, uh, the last time I heard him talking, he was talking about how, um, black is white as mm. white is black. If you take the word is to mean implies, right? Because you can't have black if you don't know what light or white is. And you can't have white if you don't know what black is, right? Because they're, mm. they're contrast each other. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, that's a great, I love that idea, you know, because you have to know one to know the other, right? Mm. And then the other part that he kind of followed up with was um, that the color black is the God color, right? And you take that God mm. word for whatever yeah, you mean, yeah, right? Yeah. But the God color in the sense that, you know, in, in the sense that, so if we think of the word God or source or, you know, whatever, you, again, mm. whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah. it's the it's the everything that is, right? It's all the energies, it's all the things, it's everything that is, right? So if you take that kind of idea with color, right? Every color put together is black. Like when you take all the colors and you put mm. them together, they end up being black, right? right? And so right. the idea that black is the God color and not this mm. light that we always think of. Yeah. I love that because we kind of demonize dark oh, and yeah. darkness, right? Oh, we yeah. like, oh, it was in the darkness. So it was yeah. in the blackness of light. You know, it's like, well, you know what? Sometimes that might be everything coming together and coalescing as one is mm. that color of black, right? So everything, every idea, every emotion, everything that you need, sometimes that blackness is is the the healing. It doesn't always need to be the light and that negativity doesn't need to be associated with the black. And I'm like, I love that, man. Ooh, so that helps me have a greater understanding of of shadow work. I mean, I, mm. I think I will always, like I was first really truly deeply entrenched in it when i went to hawaii like three years ago or something a real deeper understanding of it i feel like i've always done shadow work without really knowing the knowing the name of it but really it is it's those things that we demonize right that's in the shadow Mm -hmm. those things that we might see as character flaws or 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 shit that maybe we've been told or scripted that aren't good about us so the dark Mm -hmm. (sighs) ah But that's, you know, and that's, I'm like, those are all the things now that I'm like, just sitting with this yeah. shit. I like that. You know, along with that, that shadow work stuff, the yeah. things that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, with the small exception, there are, there are some idiots that we have in our life. I shouldn't call them idiots. There's some people in our life that, that do try to beat us down. Right. Yes. But a lot of that darkness comes in from our own insecurities that we have about ourselves. And Absolutely. even and one could even say, even about the relationships we have around those people that, that tend to beat us down. Mm. We choose to keep those people in our lives. Yes, we we say, we oh, we need that person because of this. They're our financial stability. Mm. They're our father. They're our mother. They're our sister, brother, whatever it is. So I have to have a tie to them. But you don't, right? You have an option to have people that are not that are toxic to be not in your life. Right. right? It's a hard choice, but choice. you still have that choice. Yeah. So a lot of that darkness that we that we hear and that we see is the darkness that we put on ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And even if it is coming in from an outside source, we're allowing that source to come in. Yes. So that darkness that we consider darkness just because you're feeling depression doesn't mean that there's not happiness underneath it. Absolutely. Because again, there's all emotions, right? Yes. And so all emotions are good and all emotions are acceptable. Not all behaviors are, right? So <sighs> we get to the emotions and we we either we curb that emotion bec- before it becomes a negative behavior or we embrace that positive emotion so it becomes a positive behavior. Mm. But it's all of that together because the happiness, the sadness, the darkness, all that comes together to create this blackness because it's everything together. You know, something that I just heard that that just reminded me of what you said yeah. was that um, and it kind of is I don't know, I'm going to try to try to try to see if I can yeah, get back yeah. in like a neat little box we'll and it, it, it back. it's going to get out of the box. But basically it said like, you know, 
what 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 you're feeling is 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 valid, but the way that you're behaving. Oh God, no! I'm not going to be able to get it. I was going to try to succinctly wrap it. Um, yeah, it's gone. It I can't. I, I, I get can't what you're saying, though, right? I get what you're saying because we need to explore our emotions. That's we exactly need to, the truth, like, right? Can't hold but your on to actions that. aren't are are not acceptable, exactly. right? So, and I, I think that that's a that's a huge distinction. But I I love the idea that that darkness. Is perhaps the last. I I I, yeah. I love that because you're right. There's so much apprehension and 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 worry and concern or fear of facing those sorts of things. Where right. really, like, that's what we want to be. You know, I I think about like I truly gave myself um, permission to embrace things that I thought were were bad or dark about myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I feel like so much more of a whole person. Right. Right. Like I, I was existing in a place of of all these self-imposed have-tos that I thought I needed to be, which was very much on the yang side. Very, right. you know, I've got to get all this done and I've got must do this and I must do all these sorts of things. Self-imposed mm-hmm. that I allowed the other part that I I perhaps saw as weak or as dark yeah. to bring back in that now it is it is it is whole. That's a I, I love that. I yeah. will you send me more information on that? Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. That really speaks to me. Yeah. It resonates. Yeah, there's uh and it you know, I love the idea that we can have all this knowledge that we that we work with and mm-hmm. then one little piece of information changes that knowledge. Mm-hmm. And uh I think it was again, I think it was Daniel Schmachtenberger. I love that guy. But uh there's somebody I was listening to not too well, long I ago. I love him now. Oh, he's great. I really love him great. Now. Uh but um they're talking about like, you know, the 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 idea that we use tools in one way and then we find the way that a different way to use them, right? Mm-hmm. And so he took he's like take fire for example, right? So let's say uh the creation uh this, we're back in like Neanderthal times when fire is just now like it's just now becoming something that we're like oh my god there's this fire thing mm-hmm. we can now keep our caves warm and we can fend off and we can defend ourselves right yeah. we can fend off animals and shit like that and let's say we just used it like that for a long time because we tried to touch it and it burned us mm-hmm. so we're like oh that's dangerous yeah. right so we keep a distance from it but we know that it's it's warm so we can be radius to it and uh, and again we can fight people off but then one day let's just say the the, the family wolf got sick it died and it rolled into the fire accidentally and they're like oh oh wait we can cook with that we can eat that now and that changes so the idea is like okay so we've been using this one thing the way that we felt quote unquote we knew how to use it for the Mm -hmm. longest time and then all of a sudden we realize this is now a tool for something else. Mm. This is a tool for our brains to now start to connect in different ways. This is a tool for our bodies to get proteins in different ways to help us develop, right? And so that kind of idea with the darkness, right? We've accepted darkness as this negative thing for so long that this one little different twist on it Mm. has now made it a tool instead of a scary thing, Mm. right? And I love that. And with that, it's like how many other things in our lives that we encounter are we using for a specific way that we think is the right quote unquote way to use it, but there's another more intrinsic or healthy or healing way that we can change this thing into something that's more accepted or something that... Um, just has a different use to it, you know. Yeah. It just it, it opens up the whole world of opportunities for everything that we currently have, you know. Just how do we want to twist this, and how do we want to look at this in a different way to make this a positive instead of a negative? You know, you just it makes me think about like the different forms of 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 water, right? So we got oh, ice, yeah, you know, yeah. and then and then when it starts to boil, and then it becomes you know vapor and stuff. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the different sorts of forms and the shit that we didn't know, but how they're all valuable. So mm-hmm. maybe not attaching the good or the bad, just is. There you go. Mm. I love that. Yeah. 
That's a fascinating thought, though. I really, I, I now, now I'm over here like, yeah. oh, I want to continue to learn more yeah. about that. Well, you know what? Why don't we just, uh, why don't we just leave that little nugget on the table for like everybody and, and walk away? So, why don't you think about your life and and maybe some things that your tools you're utilizing in your life that if you just change your thought process mm. and how that tool is being utilized, how that could change that tool's use in general. Like that can be a negative thing that turns into a positive or even vice versa, right? Or a positive that becomes even more positive mm-hmm. because of this new level of opening that you found. So that's your challenge, folks. As we sign off here at Journey of the Modern Yogi from our first on-site location at Bliss Yoga Studio Monroe with the lovely Marianne Ames, you now have homework. So I don't know who you're turning it into. I don't know. You could email it to me. My stuff will be in the show notes. Go ahead and email me your your information as you find the way that you can use your tool differently. But thank you so much for joining me, love. I mm. appreciate the conversation. My honor, my friend. Look forward to having you back. I can't wait. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much for joining us in our conversation with Marianne today. Uh, If you have any questions about what we talked about, I'll leave a bunch of notes in the show notes. Uh, If you need to reach out to either of us, our emails and contact info will be there as well. Uh, If you're digging the podcast, please subscribe in your favorite uh, platform. And uh, yeah, and reach out if you have any questions. If you want to be a guest, if you have a topic you want to talk about, anything, anything is open. We look forward to hearing from you. Obeisance to you all.